What it do, DMV? It is episode 30 of Chirpin' DMV. We've got an action-packed show for you today. We are joined later on, actually, with an awesome interview by 1986 second-round draft pick Steve Seftel. He played uh, a couple years in Baltimore in the AHL and uh, just dropped a new book called Shattered Ice, so we get into all that with him. But who's here with me? It's KP, as usual. It's AB, as usual. So we'll start there. KP, how was your uh, Thanksgiving, your weekend, all that good stuff? Uh, it was good. Uh, just stayed around locally with family and uh, had a good time. Played in a charity hockey tournament on Thanksgiving Eve. So it was pretty cool. Other than that, just had a relaxed weekend. Got a little, got made to the championship, lost the game, but got the ring one off Palumbo's noggin. Yeah, yeah. It was late in the third, uh, one goal game, and he dove out there and took one off the head. Uh, AB, what about you? How was Thanksgiving? How was your one-night stand in Philly? And <laughs> continue on. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday, went out to um, up to Eldersburg to hang out with uh, Johnny, Jimmy, that whole squad again. Uh, did some karaoke in Jimmy's garage. He had an electronic drum set there, so he was just drumming out while we were all just doing just fucking throwback 2000s karaoke <clears throat> songs. Oh, yeah, bangers only. Yep. Um, then, yeah, just hung out with family Thursday, Friday. Um, Saturday. You went and saw ponies. Oh, yeah. Bet on ponies. Yeah, bet on some ponies on Friday. We went to <laughs> a wild move. We went to Laurel Park. And, dude, that's a good time. Yeah. I love betting okay, on them. Okay. I love betting on the ponies. Um, but, yeah, and then Saturday, I went out to Philly. Uh, met up with uh, Joe Stallings, went up there too with uh-huh. his girlfriend. Awesome. So, that was always, he's always a good time to hang out with Drake. We just got fucking wasted. Saturday yeah, night. Per use, per use. Had a nice five-hour drive back today. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Sunday has break-ins. Yeah, kind of kind of chilled. Um, I was over at the Philly guys' house Friday night before they went back and then just watched sports. Uh, old West Virginia, 7-0 basketball, football into the season with a win. Um, so, Bama, like we said. Uh, Bama lost to Auburn. Bama awesome. lost because their kicker can't kick. Yeah, um, another kicking game was Old Miss Mississippi State where the Old Miss guy did the dog pee in the end zone. Dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> and then they get the flag and their kicker misses it because it's a 35-yarder instead of a 10-yarder or 20-yarder. Um, so with all that being said, let's get into it. Action-packed episode per usual. We're hot in the season, and uh, we're probably going to creep up to about two hours again. Uh, so let's get into the scoreboard rundown here. The Cats come to town as the Caps haven't found a win in three games. Vintage Ovi comes back for his best tuck of the season to get things started. Brett Eldridge Connolly makes his return with a nice tribute video and buries one to shove it right in DC's cornhole. But don't panic yet. Richard tucks his second of the season as he starts to find his groove. Braden Brickwall makes 37 saves and leads the boys in red to a 4-3 win. It was a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals as Tampa came to town and choked away two leads to the pleasure of D.C. superfan Mia Khalifa. Oshbabe will get an apple trick as the Caps Russians are bombs away for five points en route to a gangbang of Sally Stamkos and the Bolts. Caps win this one 4-3. The Caps play the barbecue Red Wings on a back-to-back. Oshbabe gets the boys going with his 11th of the season. The boys then begin to dominate the Red Wings as if they have been eating Little little Caesars all year long, which they might have based on their record. OV scores three with two of them being on nets emptier than my bank account right now. Cavs put up another fiver with a 5-2 win. We were soaring 
flying free as eagles, but wait, what? It's a gale. Nolan Westlake snipes the defending champs out of the sky with 23 seconds left as Mount St. Joe Montana throws two upsets to shake up the league as they start 2-0. Stevenson looked to get back to their winning ways as they beat St. Norbert 6-5 and Martin Lawrence University 8-3. Good thing they brought their broomsticks for the weekend because that's a sweep for... They're on a four-game win streak. Coach Boom, do you know the difference between winning and losing? Do you remember the Titans? Luke ain't no mountain high. Sure as hell remembers tucking against the Titans as him and Sunshine stare at each score in route to a 4-2 win over the New Jersey Titans. There you have it, folks, the scoreboard rundown for the week. So, as we mentioned, uh, Steve Seft will join us later on. So, why don't we flip-flop it this week? We will start with Caps Hockey prior to the interview, and then we'll do some local after. All right, so kick off to kick off Caps News and Notes, I have some facts about goats. Ooh, um, like the animal. Goat facts. Goats. So, <clears throat> we'll start here. Like, like milk. Goat facts. All right. Adjusted for era. Ovi has already scored more goals, 792 than Gretzky, 758 and 377 fewer games. Stop there. What? So 792 this goals guy, does not have. This guy, Andrew Berkshire, that works for Sportsnet, he did a whole bunch of math stuff. Okay, I love that And took stuff. Gretzky's era compared to Ovi's era of playing. Uh-huh. Um, did the math that fucking figures out goals scored per team and game and player sure. in that era. Balanced it all out, adjusted it to fit this era. So if Ovi and Gretzky, I guess, were in that same era, this is what would have happened. Sure. So so he has just like I'll 40 more that. goals. Ovi has already scored more goals, 792, than Gretzky, 758 and 377 fewer games. So Gretzky's a bitch. During Gretzky's career, he scored 186 more goals than the next uh, best goal scorer, Mike Gardner, 26%. Okay. 26% better than any peer. Ovi has scored 223 more goals than the next best player in his career, Crosby, 49% better than any other peer. Uh, also adjusted for era, Ovi scores the most goals per game of any player with 400 or more actual goals in NHL history at .713. After him, it's Lemieux at .673. So those are goat facts. Yeah. Hypothetical goat facts. Comparing goats to goats. Yeah, but that guy... Did the math Comparing to compare goats. 1980s and 90s goats to 2000, 2010s goats. Kyle, what is your thought on the goat math? Hey, you're in the same category <laughs> as Lemieux. That's pretty good. You know I, mean, I mean, he's better, bro. Apparently, not bad. Everything he adjusted. Um, I mean, what is this guy like? Some sort of rocket like scientist? Like I said, Andrew yeah, Berkshire. This is pretty much this guy's opinion. Like, I don't know. Nobody his, can. I don't know his app, but it was on Twitter. Ever. It was a massive thread of tweets. People were replying like you were like, "What does this mean? How are you doing the math?" And the dude like explained it on there. I'm not gonna look at that and go into all that. It's just a bunch of algorithms. But it's just shit. like he's like, "Yeah, I'm just like taking this." So it was like something like there's number six was thrown around somewhere uh, okay. pretty often. So okay, six is six. probably a big deal. All right, number um, six. in his math. Um, so let's stay on the topic of Russia since we're talking Ov. Okay. There's a report Caps may be playing a regular season game in Russia next year. I saw that. Uh, Igor uh, reported that the Caps had a week time frame, I believe, from his tweet uh, last week to reach an agreement to participate in the early uh, season NHL Global Series games, as we've seen kind of happen these past couple of years. Um, honestly, what better Russian team to send in the Capitals? Yeah, I mean, very true. You think it's going to happen? Yes. Yeah, I was You really say. think so? 
Yeah, it's gonna happen. I don't see I why so. Russia wouldn't want them. Like, yeah, they, I don't know, but why do we? Putin, really, does the NHL really want to the go face to? Of does the NHL really want to go to Russia? Like, right, right, there's a lot of so Russia's it, got issues. Is that the NHL's decision or is it the Caps' decision? Oh, I guess I think it'll mainly be the NHL's decision if they want to schedule a game there. Okay. And they said that they did say that it hinted at the opponent more than likely being the Blues, but they're a pretty predominant Russian. Tarasenko. Tarasenko, yeah. Yeah, t- you have the greatest Russian of all time, and Tarasenko. You He's have fucking Kuzi, Samsonov, Orlov on our squad. You have it'd either be them or else? Tampa, right? Like Tampa has Kucherov and Vasilevsky. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Sergachev, yeah. You could have even argued Columbus last year with um, Bobrovsky and Panarin. Yep. Um, But still. uh, So, I don't know. Um, Like you said, it's hinted that we might play the Blues. We might do that 2021 season, I think it was. Uh, Would it be tight to see us start a season in Russia? Should we go? Russia's kind of crazy. I'm definitely not going. Come on, come on. (laughs) I mean... Russia scares the shit out of me. Because we saw that this year. Was it the Flyers and Devils? They played in Prague, maybe? They played yeah, the Czech Republic, yeah. I think, because of Voracek. It's and weird, whatnot. Though, like, and, but it was a wild. They played like two games in like then, the first ten days of the season. Right. Then like you have like, then you're like delayed and all that shit, so it might throw off the like the kick of the season. I I don't I don't really know how it works. We've never seen it happen. Like with, to us, with no, the yeah. Caps, yeah. So um, so yeah, interesting enough. Um, moving on. Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman has reported that the Caps have began contract extension talks with Nick Backstrom. Yeah, that's always good. That's always good. Love it. Yeah, and they basically said they'll do <clears throat> anything they possibly can to keep him. Yeah, yeah. It was like a day later. I think GM uh, BM had that media members uh, meeting to discuss quarter mark of the season and how things were going, but wouldn't really comment on the negotiation with Backstrom. Did you guys so, see GMBM kind of call out some players? Mm, a little bit. I, I, I forget mean, who he called out. I think. Uh, well, he called out Hathaway. He was like. Way to like represent us, like way to poorly misrepresent us and all this stuff. And I was like, ah, Hathaway's pretty good. Yeah, (laughs) he's doing what he needs to do. Yeah, and then he, um, he said he's achieving. Leipzig is achieving. He said Panic sucks. He said Gudis and Jensen need. He really needs one of them two to step up and solidify their role as a fourth defenseman. Like basically called been in limbo. Yeah, he basically called yeah. both of them out and said, which one of you wants to spot? Who's playing with and I, and I think that's more <laughs> a more push to Jensen. I mean, yeah, I, I would think, agree. I think he needs I to be the guy to step up because Gudis want... is playing a little better than him this season. I would agree. I think as a fan, if you had to choose one of the two to win that battle, you'd probably feel more comfortable with Jensen proving his worth. Yeah, I guess. That way you but... know you still have a damn good Gudis on the third line who's basically that Orpic of two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I guess you want Jensen to be that guy, but he just hasn't been. I'm Yeah. And he's, I don't know. I, I'm. You guys know I haven't been a huge fan of him ever since <clears throat> we picked him up. I mean, he he played solid last year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he was a member that when we signed him, he was a quick signing out of nowhere for like, what was it, like a four-year deal? Uh, I thought it was two, but yeah, you might be right. Maybe it was just two mil for four years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was something like that quick, and we just always hoped he would he would be one of those top guys and pan out, and it's yeah. just kind of been like, eh, da, da, da. Yep. So. Um, so going back to Backstrom real quick, I mean, he did say that he wants to be one of those rare guys that stays in a sit- one city his whole career, so that's kind of good. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we're definitely going to pay you, dude. I feel like the NHL is the only sport that does that, and maybe baseball, <clears> I guess. And he's probably the last two we need to worry about because I don't think there's any chance in hell that he ever leaves. Or we ever Backstrom? do not, don't pay him. Backstrom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Backstrom was like, oh, are we going to keep him? Are we going to keep him? It's like, well, yeah, we're definitely going to keep him. Just... I would agree with that, Kyle. Like, Backstrom would take a discount. 
Yeah, he would definitely over over hoping. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he might want to get it done before like the coming up at the end of the season, and then the worry about playoffs and like the media attention from all that. Oh, you're gonna sign here next year. I think he might want to get it done early. So hopefully that. That does happen. And that's that's not to say that Holpe wouldn't want to take a discount too. I think he yeah, would also. No, he would. But. He just wouldn't take as much of one as Backstrom would. Right. I don't think Backstrom really fucking cares about money anymore. Yeah, he wants to definitely just finish the season here. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of Holpe and getting paid a lot, uh, the guy last season that was paid heavily and is now in Florida. Who, who fucked us. But Bobrovsky. Uh, so let's jump into that game. Caps, Florida, uh, the yearly Thanksgiving Eve game. Um, always a little treat tonight before the holiday. So this time. Uh, we would welcome back, like you mentioned, they beat Brent Connolly, the legend himself. Awesome tribute video for him and everything. And um, first look at Cano, uh, he hits the ice and has an immediate impact in the game as he scores the first goal for him. Yeah, um, you kind of had to know that was coming. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. kind of did. He scored on his last game too. Yeah, I mean, he, dude, he's a he's a solid goal scorer from. He's getting, like, I think he has like eleven or twelve goals already on the season. Yeah, he had a nice, patient goal. Uh, I mean, I think a couple people have said it. Like he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna be a guy that's gonna score on us every time. Yeah, he's on pace for close to thirty, I think. Yeah, he's having a heck of a season. So that was to tie at one one though. So that first one though, however, Kuzi enters his own drop pass to Ovi, kind of event vintage style. He does a little dance and sneaks at five hole. Yeah, it was a nice, nice little fake shot, kind of hesitation, brings it to his backhand, quick release off the shot. Kind of almost looked like he whiffed. Yeah, he whiffed. Went five hole. He, yeah. he 100 whiffed on that shot. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was kind of a sick Rosky move though, like, and yeah. he just kind of swooped. The move yeah. was sick. The move was sick. He just slid it like, like it, it looked just like that five hole under the left pad or that right pad, I guess I should say. Coming across the high, coming across the high slot and like bringing it back across your body backhand and just yeah. quick. That's, that slick little move he made though was yeah. nice. Yeah, he still got the dangles. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, panic. A minute left on the dot in the second period. He snipes one oppo corner coming down that right side. Just he's the left hander. He just puts it over there. Two um, one lead for the boys. Uh, looks like going in the intermission. But uh, thirty seconds later, it's Hoffman and two two lead going into the second. I feel like we've been doing that a lot. Scoring a goal and then letting one letting up. one up right away because yeah. that happens in about two games from the one we're discussing. Yeah. Also, we just we do it a lot. <laughs> I feel like we've done that for the past like three years too. Yeah, just <clears throat> becoming our thing. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so getting wins though. We are still getting wins. Um, third period, Caps would step up. Uh, it's Lars Eller scores his sixth of the year. He makes it three two. Quick note on Lars, over the last four seasons, um, Backy and Kuzi have been out of the lineup for 17 total games. In those games, Lars Eller has 13 points. So he steps up pretty big when one of those guys is out. I mean, usually. He, he always has, too. Remember, he stepped up in the playoffs and Kuzi was it gone for a yep. game or two. He was massive then. Yeah, he always steps up. Yeah. Uh, that was a great goal. I mean, Verona just throws it on net, perfect rebound on the pads, and... Eller doing his shit, yep. getting it done. Yep. Yeah, he's a very good third line center, and with the injuries Dude. and shit we've had, it, him on that third line's kind of get he's been getting limited. He's really good. And then when he gets with the Around top the six, he's like, "Fuck yep." Yeah, that was a good play, right on, like a good backhand he, play. He's really, really good around the net. Like, look, think back to all of his playoff goals. They're all within five feet of the net, right? They're all. Yeah, the winner was in the crease. I mean, yeah, exactly. Behind Flurry. Like that's that's kind of the like. <laughs> I mean, Crosby obviously has his highlight real goals too, but Crosby scores a lot like that too, where he's yeah. just sitting back door, just five within five feet of the net. Yeah, I mean that's what goal goals play. good goal scorers do that. Yeah, so Vrana assists on that goal, his hundredth career point. Uh, later on, Leipzig breakaway scores makes it six or four two. Sorry. 
Caps going to win 4-3. They were outshot actually 40-20 to at one point. I believe it was in the first. We were down 20-9 in shots. Um, so Holpe, obviously, um, he stopped 37 of those, giving him his 12th win of the year, tying him for the league lead. Caps improved to 6-1-0 for the Atlantic Division. Um, Kyle, we start the Who did we lose to? episode trip. Um... We beat Florida last time around. Who did we lose to in the Atlantic? We beat Boston. Boston. We beat no, we Boston. only played them once. Okay. Beat Boston, beat Florida both times now, beat Tampa the only time. Montreal. We lost to Montreal. Yep. That game we went to. Yep. Jumping. You guys are bad luck. <clears throat> so, yeah, first game as our, as we explained, episode series. So, every game between episodes, Kyle, uh, we start the series 1-0. and How do we feel about that Florida game? Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good game. I mean, I guess you wish you uh, not letting in as many goals, but uh, the boys got it done. I thought we played well. I didn't think uh, it was out of hand at all. Yeah, we had we had control of the game the entire yeah. time. Yeah, good to start that off. So next up, another team from Florida, Caps Bolts. Caps, um, as we mentioned earlier, the Chokers from last year, and dare I say somewhat of a struggling Tampa team. Uh, this year, the Caps are coming into this one. 79, 33-6-10 all-time against the Lightning. Um, so I guess you could say we have the number a bit. Yeah. Um, and I realize and I recognize them as just one of those teams we just like always beat because you know there's those teams that we just always beat. Yeah, we just step up to them because like, I don't – like we're really good against really good teams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we always beat the Lightning like late last year. And like the Bruins, like it was we, like well, one of our final five games last year when Ovi got that fiftieth and we just fucking dummied him that game it was like six yeah. two and that goal he had where he just steamrolled Hedman or whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean this is kind of the same way. Like they like, I know they're struggling right now, but they're still like incredible on paper. Yeah. So you're still, you're still like everyone's they, still, still getting have there. Those moments in the games where they look incredible. Yeah, exactly. Like so, like no one's playing them as if they're like a bad team right now. Everyone's right. they're still getting everyone's best game because everyone's like, oh, it's Tampa. Like they're got to step up. Yeah, they're by far the best team on paper. It's just not coming <clears throat> together for them yet. It's just fun to beat them. Yeah, um, it is fun to beat them too. Yeah, yeah it's fun <laughs> beating them. Uh, so Point gets the lone goal uh, in the first, followed by Sergeyev. Uh, in the early go of the second, gives a bolt to two nothing lead. Uh, worst lead in hockey, mind you. So caps power play. Uh, Vrana up to Oshi, Oshi up the right side. He feeds one across the crease. Kuzi backdoor caps on the board. We've got a one goal game. Um, Kuzi's eleventh, second most on the team, tied with Vrana now. And we have what five potential five. 30 goal scores. Yeah, the Birdman is on pace for 37 tucks this year. Keep in mind, his career high is 27. Along with so, Rana and Oshi. Will he, KP, be a 30 goal scorer this year? Kuznetsov, 11 right now, quarter mark of the season, on pace for 37, career high 27. I mean, you want to say yes the way we're rolling right now, but I just think we're going to have a dip in the season maybe. I don't know. I, I think he's more going to get an assist mark. I don't think he's going to be 30 this year. Um, comeback tour for him though, kind of. Yeah, he's play, he's playing well, but I just that's I, what I'm saying. I don't he's, think he's gonna get to 30 this year. He, he's rolling right now. I I could see him. I could easily. A little adversity is gonna propel him to a possible league low key league MVP this year. I could see him with third like 30, 55 assists, 85 points. I mean, what if he just low key just keeps putting up like three points a night and somehow that's what I'm saying in the finalist for the heart. That'd be that'd be nuts. I mean, he, he just does, sneaks in as a sly bastard. He's, he's, like, revenge he's, tour, revenge season, baby. He's starting to take over, like not take over, because Carlson's still doing Carlson shit. But like, he's like, if you look at the score sheet, he's on like almost every assist. For every yeah, goal. that's what I'm saying. He's racking up those assists. Yeah, 
He's, it's what he does. He he like <laughs> makes the play and then he just pushes it off to a wide open movie most time. Finally, he still to deserves. Talk. He still deserves a Stanley Cup MVP. If we win, yeah, if yeah. we our next Stanley Cup we win, it just has to go to him automatically because he deserved the first one. I mean, it depends on how he plays. You can't just <laughs> yeah. give it to him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's like, all right, well, you deserve the first one, but we weren't not going to give it to Ovi. Yeah, exactly. So Especially here's the, the one you should have had the first time around. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Kalorn gets one late, gives Tampa the 3-1 lead going into the third. Uh, then again, worst lead in hockey because it's Jake the Snake off a takeaway, drop to Osh, um, Osh back to V, and Verona Rockets at home. And Kyle, you were just watching the highlight. Uh, did you even know it went in? No, and I don't think uh, Tampa Bay did at all. I think Vasilevsky even thought he might have had it for a second, but uh, nobody did. But Rana, it looked yeah. like I, I was Rana kind of like celebrated. That's why I was confused. I was like, why is no one celebrating right now? I was I, even watching the replay and slowing it down. It's like Meh. I have no idea where that puck went. Yeah, I could not <laughs> see it at all. I mean, I knew it was a low shot, and I it just it didn't bounce anywhere. So I was like, it's in. Yeah, just straight in the net. Yeah, and it just got stuck behind that. Uh, that, the mid post or whatever. Yeah. There it is. Um, little past the midway point of the third. Power play, Ovi one-timer, uh, Ovi goal, tie game. He's now three away from 20 tucks. Um, and this goal also tied Solani for third, mace, third most power play goals in NHL history at 255. And that was his 675th of his career. Is that good? Very good. Or is that good? I know. I love that spin chicklets. 675 uh, goals. Did you see oh, some of the? Insane. Are we doing any Unleash the Fury yeah. or no? Not absolutely none, dude. We dummied everyone this week. Well, because that got a lot of replies from fucking like Pittsburgh hater uh, or OV haters, basically. And we're like, yeah, six hundred of them are in the same spot. Same spot. It's like so. <laughs> so. <laughs> like, yeah, that was literally from like where half of his goals are from. Two fifty-five. Yeah, who cares. <laughs> um, awesome. six six hundred seventy-five goals. Two fifty-five are on the power play. Yeah, it's not bad. So That's two, not bad. So 255. It's like a third. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a third of them. Um, OT we go. It's Dmitry Orlov. Heads into the zone. No look. Rips it. Um, kind of off a curl drag, uh, a la Austin Matthews, kind of, where he does that fa- half curl drag and then just kind of lets it rip. Uh, 4-3 win. Orlov's first career OT game-winning goal. Hey, not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty not nice. Uh, Tampa and against, uh, and against another Russian. Yeah, Tampa kind of got caught in a change there, and then Kuzi just throws it up, and Orlov does a little cut to the middle. I haven't had many, if any, complaints about Orlov this season. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't had many complaints for him in the past, like, two or three years. There was, like, one season where I got real pissed off. It was, like, four, I think it was, like, four or five years ago. We were actually in the playoff chase, and I I think it was the year we missed the playoffs. He, He hits someone on the Flyers from behind. And I was like, "Fuck you, Orlov." He gets suspended, and then we end up missing the playoffs because that was a huge, that was a huge two points against the Flyers. They barely make it in, we barely miss. And I was just like, "You know what? I don't like Orlov." And then like three years ago, I was like, "Nope, never mind. He's fucking, <laughs> he's fucking sick." <laughs> oh, yeah, we've, we've definitely talked about Russians in OT on this pod, and they they got it done this time. So yeah, who's who's out on the ice uh, with Kuzi? Yeah, the, well, Kuzi passed it up to him, so yeah, at least those two were out. Yep. I forget who the and third guy I think was. It was Oshie getting off because yeah, he man. got the assist, and Wilson was jump, hopping on. Yeah, Orlov's okay. a guy I'm comfortable with. Power play, penalty kill, um, overtime, whatever it is. I thought that was kind of a bad goal by Vasilevsky. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, he does look him off pretty well. but That was a rip. Yeah, I think, I think if, if Vasilevsky was thinking pass. If Holpe had let that up, I would have said that was weak. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was the Caps' fifth 
uh, multi-goal comeback of the season, the most of any other team. Uh, Caps record 42 hits in the game, the most in a single game by a squad this season. So we're pretty much top of the charts in just about everything. Um, goals, shots, <laughs> fucking hits, you name it. Fran, a career-high nine shots. He's second on the team this season with 80. Uh, that's only 51 behind Ovi. Not a big deal. Hey, Ron is getting pucks on that, baby. Um, I got to look at his stats. I don't know what he's averaging ice time now, but I would hope and believe it's over I'm, the 15-minute mark now because he's getting power play time. I mean, it might be a little bit over, but it's not It's not much more. Eh, I mean, eh. he's probably eh. he's probably still only at like 16 minutes because Todd Reardon's That's a true. fucking moron. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How else are you going to put it? That's it is what it is. Uh, Osh Babe, three apple night, eighth time in his career. He's done that and holds 30 shots against, 27 saves, 13 wins. Um, and the Caps just continue to find ways to win. That's a comeback, comeback, comeback. Yeah, that win was a, a tough game in overtime. That was a great comeback win. Against that's, a great Tampa team. That's one of those ones that you look back on, like, after the season. It's like, that was a sick regulation win or not regulation, to keep us caught i mean yeah. we had lost win. two in a row we finally picked up that win against florida but if you turn around and drop this you've now lost three or four and you still don't feel as good about that uh, right. florida win All right um and then we got the back-to-back coming up on detroit and yeah i mean three nice you're kind of you're kind of reaching for a win at detroit now where it's a game you should have been able to come into and kind of relaxation around Again, who knows what happens in the Detroit game if they lose that game. Like, shit, three of four. Like, they lost three of their last four games. They're like, oh, fuck, and it's back-to-back. Yeah, They're confident, probably a little down. Confidence is a little yeah. down. That helps. Sure. That's definitely a morale Rear starts fucking with lines. Yeah. Just doing stupid shit. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so let's talk about that Detroit game. Uh, Caps 2-0 and now. Two straight. All right. Three, uh, game three of the episode series. Uh, game one of the Caps four-game road trip. Uh, and, of course, uh, it is the back-to-back, as we just mentioned. Um, we are now playing the league's worst, <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. Um, looking oh. to build that three-game winning streak. And it's uh, not even close. They are no. by far the worst team. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, Red Wings would strike first. It's one nothing. Um, but early in the second period, TJ Oshie on the power play. Absolute rocket from the slot. Ties the game. And that was tucked up under the bar nicely yeah yeah that was sick that was very good oh so so that is power play goal call so let me throw this at you since coming to dc in the 15-16 season oshi 38 power play goals second on the team pretty good second on the team behind ovi he's got 79 and that so, same right, span, all, all of his, all of his goals are from the same he's got his little tj oshi office you know uh, what i mean yep. we we're just that talking slot, about ovi's office banging bodies and just fucking that was a nice little like tic tac from kuzi to vrana and then vrana just popped it you see vrana look off oshi at first passes it back to kuzi and then gets it knowing he's going to one take it over to him yeah. yeah he's he's great from that spot like he can place the puck where he wants he does a little drop with his knee yep. and just awesome and it's a one t right off the knee like yep well, the only pr- the only problem is sometimes like if he doesn't hit the net, OV sucks at holding that blue line, so it might be just it's very bad. Yeah, gets out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of OV, doesn't happen often. Holding the blue line, he held the blue line. He gave the Caps a two-one lead. His 18th. He kind of makes that move. He gets the pass from Carlson, I think. Goes to deep the goalie, comes around behind the net. And just kind of waits for an opening and slides it in. Yeah, it was a slick little play by him. He, it was kind of, I was like, "Oh, what the was, fuck are you doing?" Of, it kind of went like slow motion. Like he had yeah. so much time. Like even Kuzi, I watched. I was watching Kuzi drive the net, and he was like, "Oh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do?" Yeah, 
And like that's that's not a play that OV usually makes holding on to the puck like that. You, no, that, he'll just rip a shot. That's mm-hmm. like a koozie play there. Yeah, I looked it off at first. I was like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. Then I saw the the tending down. I was like, oh, he's gonna slip that in, isn't he? Yeah. He had a lot of room on that short side. Yeah, I mean Bernier. I don't know what the fuck Bernier was doing. He was the he was the tender, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, he was. Um, so that goal, Caps, become the second time in the last 12 years to score 100-plus goals uh, before the be- beginning of December. Yeah, not a big deal. A uh, quick side note, too. Garnet Hathaway, our guy we were talking about earlier, his 200th game in the NHL. So about five minutes left in this game. It's Tom Wilson driving the net, forehand, backhand, five-hole, 3-1 Caps, and that's uh, bundling home in Aldo right there. That's some insurance, and that should be game. No, it's not. <laughs> it's... Well, it should be. You're, you're feeling pretty good watching the game. It's oh, three well, to I mean, one with five and a half minutes. Oh, left. yeah, that's uh, it's yeah. game over, but not for Ovi. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're getting we're getting there, but we well, at we're that point, not for the Caps. You you think the Caps would lock it down there, and yeah, they, they just, just can't do it. I mean, yeah. we're thinking at three to one, five and a half minutes left. We get out of here with a three to one lead is what I'm assuming. Yeah, because let's uh, go for that. Yeah, I was I was thinking four one, like probably four one win. Yeah. Uh, so we. We go back a bit. We were talking about 30 goal scores. Tom Wilson on pace for 29. Yeah. He sneaks uh, in like a two-goal game somewhere. Not not bad. I was going to say, he's, I think he gets it done. I think, I think he he'll 30. get 30 this year. Yeah, for I sure. think he gets 30 too. Especially if, uh, I'm not going to say it, something happens where he's to get some power play time now. Who, Tomo? No, just if somebody oh, gets hurt God, in the power play and it. they put Tom in. Knock on some fucking wood, buddy. he just starts like cranking goals that way. Don't think um, like that, dude. Kuzi on that goal, three assists, Knight. Um, and then you mentioned OV, two empty netters. Kyle, take us through the first one. Oh, she goes up the board, slaps it out in the middle of the ice, and that's pretty the pretty easy one. He's got yeah, a two-goal night. We're that's happy. That's a pretty easy one. Let's talk about the second one. That one was a little more difficult. That was all OV there. I mean, he's taking it away from Larkin. Yeah, it was a good he's little play. He's getting down, and he still just drives it right into the net. And even after he scores, he's getting taken down. Yeah, yeah so that. talk about the hit by Larkin after Ovi scored. I mean, Larkin's just coming there like being a salty little flying, bitch. Flying <laughs> knee. I don't even know what to say, and he's be acting crazy. Against he's trying the post to slam and... his stick, and I don't know. Did he, like, tr- intentionally try to do that? Ovi, like, kind of, Ovi went did. down and looked at him like, Bro, I will murder you. I'll see you at the All-Star game. He's like, I don't even have to talk. I don't have to say anything to you because what did you just try to do? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Dylan Larkin's not good enough to be making that type of shit. Uh, Like, he's... He's not understandably he he did just make a dumb mistake but that's not what you do. Yeah, you don't hit you fucking go get pissed off at yourself not hit yeah, fucking, go get off the ice bud. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why your team <clears> fucking Yeah, Obi sucks. looked him down and kind of cuz you're not a franchise. What are you doing, guy? dude? Um Obi's 24th career hat trick past uh Yari Curry, 10th most all-time, but most all-time now by European players. So, Obi last two sorry, last three games against Detroit, he has two hat tricks. Oh, that's not bad. Let's keep oh, playing I, Detroit. That's kind of wild. I, I, we haven't played them since last season, so that was probably like what? Whenever the last time we played them last season, he probably scored like a random like February hat trick yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. Again, I mean, so he probably just goes got, to Detroit. And f- he's got like 13 road hatties or something like that, which is like six most all time. I, I, I have a bunch of stats later that I'll bring up during <laughs> the na- news and notes. but It's a lot. So, um,. Samson off six wins, second among rookie goalies this year. Caps and back-to-back sets this year are now five, two, and one. And in our little episode series, we just go three and zero, six of six points. Yeah, I like that. Love what undefeated week. weeks. Love undefeated weeks. Love it. Yeah. Um, so with that, like you mentioned, no unleashed to fury. So cap stars of the week. Uh, KP, why don't you kick it off? I got my boy Oshi. Oshi. He had a huge week, had uh, four assists. I mean, I thought he played really well, had some power play time, and uh, thought he had a good week. 
Um, I will go with Kuzi, the Birdman. Six points in three games. Three-point night versus Detroit. Huge goal in the Tampa game, plus an Apple and Orlov's game winner. And then two Apples versus Florida. And I got, I mean, obviously you got to go OV here. Five goals in three games. Uh, one assist. Six points on the night. Got a four-point night against the Red Wings. Not a bad week for him. Uh, yeah, that was that, that Red Wings game was basically stat night. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and exactly we posted, the, we we posted the clip yeah. on Instagram uh, today. It's We just called it. like, is that – because we said – I brought it up. I was like, yeah, Ovi just – he hasn't been scoring a lot lately. And maybe, maybe you mentioned – You mentioned, yeah, well, he just kind of weirdly goes on streaks. And I was like, well, maybe some this week. I mean, probably that Red Wings game. He could get that hat in. We're all like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Good happen. And then fuck us, I guess. Yeah. You know, right, there it is. Um, So let's – We're fucking geniuses. Let's start, preview. Start tuning in, everyone. Let's preview. Um, We're heading west. Um, Sharks, Kings, Ducks, and then – that's the end of their road trip, but one more in that episode series is going to be Monday nights. Columbus at home. Um, San Jose, rough start, but they went 11-4 and four in November, so they're kind of heating up. 15-12-1 um, overall. Couture leading the way on that team, 28 goals. Um, obviously, the likes of Burns and 28 Carlson. Points. 28 points. My, my apologies. 28 goals would be um, Yeah, it would be nuts. <laughs> obviously, the likes of Burns Carlson on that blue line, so interesting matchup for the Caps going against two offensive defensemen, cool-ass dudes that we never play against. Yeah, uh, I don't think Carlson's having like as big of a year as everyone thinks like he should be. I just don't think he's been that good since he got to San Jose. No, um, <laughs> like, like, he's Brent, like yeah, I'll stay. Brent Burns is like kind of leading the way for them. Obviously, I mean he's he that kid's a stud or guy now. He's not a kid anymore. But yeah, the Sharks, uh, Sharks are starting to heat up. They had one of their best months historically uh, with 11 wins last. Yeah, month. it's like for their franchise, like yep. their best month ever. Yep. Um, Kyle, any thoughts on the Sharks? Uh, definitely uh, during this road trip, that's the most important game. I mean, looking at it, they're the only okay. team that okay. is in the playoffs right now. If you're finishing today, so uh, that that's a game they uh, they should get a good look, get Hopi in there, and uh, it'll be a tough matchup, I think. Yeah, it'll be tough. I think uh, it'll be high. Martin Jones has been hot like and cold. He's either really bad or really good. Yeah. So no idea what he's been doing. I think recently. it's gonna be like a five-four game. And all those, like that. yeah, and we'll all those that. west, all those West Coast teams, uh, that those California teams, they all hit play heavy like I was saying about the Ducks earlier this season they, they all just played heavy as shit so I mean that's that's a game we that we play like. better when yeah, we hit that's a game that we like um, I kind of like these two because these little west these like three game west coast road trips um it's kind of gives it a series feel and yeah. one cap will just have like a huge week right like one like Rhonda will go off for like four goals and like three assists I'm like all right that dude just led the way on that little like series yeah um they I think you could you could see Kuzi doing that this week because <clears throat> yeah, none of these teams really have a week. Yeah, none of these guys, none of these teams really have a player that can contain him. Maybe, sure. maybe Kutcher. Yeah. So let's talk about that second team. Uh, it's another back to back. We're playing the Kings the next night. Um, they're three games below 500. Kopitar leading the way. Um, he's got 27 points, but Dowdy second most, but he's only got 17. Um, so thoughts on Kings uh, and the Caps' success on back to backs this year, as we just mentioned a couple minutes ago. Um. Kings, they're not, they're not too deep. So I mean, we should roll four lines on them. Play. I mean, again, it's a back to back, so back to backs are hard. But we just rolled through Detroit. Kings are kind of in the same similar situation as them, where they're just not, they don't really have that great of a team on paper. Um, so yeah, can't take them lightly. But I think you need those two points, obviously. Yeah, I think it'll be a low scoring game because they like they don't really have a goal scorer, and usually the Caps play 
how another team plays. This mm-hmm. is going to be like a low scoring, like dump and chase game. Two kinda, one, three one. Yeah, game. four four lines roll the game. Yep. And uh, they got Jonathan Quick. I'm sure he he'll probably be cl- playing. So yeah, goal, good goalie. He's matchup. above. He's I don't know exactly, but he's above three uh, goals against average. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to his career, but it's just uh, maybe it's just he was sick. he got bad with the team. Yeah, I mean it might not be. His, it's probably not his fault. I mean he's yeah. just the Kings are just not very good anymore. Yeah. They got a couple <clears throat> cups so. Yeah, they had a good run. Um, Friday night, last night, um, out in Hank Moody's town, baby. Um, Caps, Ducks, again, second time in about a little over as many weeks. Um, we obviously know how bad we beat them last game and how bad they have been on the season. Um, so I guess biggest story here is if and when will we see that tilt between Hathaway and Gabranson for the whole sucker and spit incident, Kyle? Uh, I don't think it'll take long. I think it'll happen. Yeah, like first five minutes. First five minutes, that's <laughs> what we're thinking. Awesome. That um, that's obviously the biggest thing know. in this didn't, game. Didn't uh, Todd have some words on it? Or it was uh, GMBM. He had some words about that whole situation. Uh, he, I mean, he said that Hathaway misrepresented the cast. That's, that's so all m- that I maybe saw. Maybe he sat him down and he said, hey, look, if, if anything happens again, like if you try to go after him or something, or he well, he's you. I think good. I think how that goes is good. Branson is going to go him and yeah, Hathaway. You S- think they said, "Hey, don't don't do anything." Don't. No, nah, I don't know. I don't think you can really tell a player. I I think Hathaway has the type of mindset where it's like, I mean, if he wants to go, I'll give him a go. You yeah. know what I mean? Hopefully. So what I'm kind of thinking like with that I think that gives this game a lot of juice because in an otherwise what should be the third game of an already two and zero road trip, and we're just kind of like, oh, the Ducks, they're sucked. They sucked. They're terrible. We rolled them a month ago. Let's kind of coast through this game. They're now like, all right, there's a little juice to this game, so we're actually going to fucking buckle down here, and when push comes to shove, we're the caps, and we're sick, and we're going to throttle you. You can't sleep on the Ducks, though. I think Because that's going to add juice to the game. Team. It's going to fucking amp everybody up with the whole incident and shit going down, and it, when we play better, if we're stepping our game up, they're fucked. They're yeah. toast. Yeah, 100%. Um, and obviously, it's it's going to be a physical game either way. I mean, both teams are huge. Um but our, obviously we have the most physical team in the NHL, so we're gonna bang, we're gonna be banging bodies all night long, and I mean that's just how that's that's the type of game we like. Yeah, we're here for it. Yeah. Um, lastly, back home Monday night, so we can do a little live watch um, while recording. It's Columbus, it's Tortorella, first time we played them this season. Uh, I do believe, right? Yeah. Or did we play them in like game one or something? I don't. Think no, first time. I don't think so. Yeah. Mm. Um, they sit at 500. Always kind of hate playing them after everything. Uh, in the playoffs and then mocking the koozie bird a couple times and then just trying to be relevant. Um, so tell me, I guess, a little bit about that game. Uh, Tortorella is back in town. We'll throw some beer on him. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked they're 500 right now. I mean, they don't have the greatest team. On, yeah, they don't have a great team on paper anymore. Uh, who's their goalie? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't know. I'll tell you tomorrow night or yeah. Monday night. Um, I, I think it'll either go capsule steamroll them. It'll be a a huge win, like a seven one, some stupid, or we'll get lazy after the road trip coming you know, home. There's like four. Or one. We keep thinking of the worst case scenarios, but we just come back every week and it's like, oh, it's yeah. cool undefeated week. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like awesome. Exactly. Right. Out a lot oh, of it's good Corpus, games. It's Corpus Allo. Yeah. That's oh yeah, yeah. I mean, um, they got Cam Atkinson. That kid's sick. So Seth Jones is sick too. Four games, Kyle. I think you mentioned that San Jose was most important. You thought so. I guess of these four games, which one's the most interesting? Which is most important? Um, which one's a guaranteed win? Uh, and which one are you kind of personally looking forward to watching? The Sharks game is what I'm definitely gonna watch. Gotta gotta watch that game. That's uh-huh. gonna be a good game to watch. Uh, Columbus. I if wanna, gonna I stay, say, keep in mind if we're gonna stay up late for one game. Yeah, that I'll probably pick the Sharks game. Definitely, definitely uh-huh. would be that one. Uh, Columbus is what I'm gonna say. 
probably a guarantee win. I think we're going to steamroll them. Uh, I think that's going to be a big win. Yeah, they just I, don't have anyone to right. like, match up against us. Yeah. Like, who's who are their centermen? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't. I, when, could, I could see Wenberg. the Ducks game maybe get a little out of hand with, uh, just if the Ducks step up to play. Uh, yeah, they they could be coming hard at us. Yeah, that could be a tough game. So we'll see. Especially the yeah, that's game why I kind of feel like that one's kind of important too, because with all that juice, you want to see how we respond in a road situation like that, and if, if we that, can just step up and, and after playing the sharks, muscle these I mean, bitches. The, that, after that sharks game, will and be a little obviously with AB mentioning the sharks having a huge November, that's a big win. Uh, that would be a big win. But yeah, I, I would say Columbus is probably that kind of guaranteed victory. So that's all being said. That's the end of some cap stuff. So let's kick it over to our interview now as we welcome on uh, Steve Seftel. All right, now we now welcome on a very special guest, Kitchener, Ontario native, second round draft pick in the 1986 NHL entry draft by our beloved Washington Capitals. 216 games played here in the DMV as a Baltimore skipjack and now author of the book Shattered Ice, Steve Seftel. Steve, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Thank you for having me. My pleasure to be on your show. Yeah, thanks. So uh, let's start there with the book. Uh, we'll get into your hockey as we go, but the book Shattered Ice just released in September, all about your hockey career, but also about your personal life, your personal struggles of facing mental health, most notably the uh, panic attacks. So let's start with how the book itself all came into play. Was this your idea? Did you want to get the message of everything you went through out there in a public uh, platform, like a book for people to read and learn about, or how'd that go about? Yeah, uh, so February of 2018, uh, everything kind of came to a, a crashing point where I, I had what had what I call a, a mental breakdown and uh, I had to leave work and I did seek some professional help at that point for the first time in my life and um, we have a really good mental health advocate up here works for the sports network named Michael Landsberg and uh, the therapist I was seeing at the time who was helping me work through some stuff uh, asked me to listen to him on YouTube and watch some of his videos, which I did, and it was a real relief for me because it was the first time I ever heard someone talk about mental health openly, and it really felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders to, right. to hear that for really the first time ever. And um, I was home alone. My my I have two sons, Calvin, 26, is a Toronto firefighter, and my and Nicholas. 23 is at uh, Laurentian University in Sudbury, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And then with my wife working, I was home alone a lot and uh, still having a, a very busy mind and a, an anxious mind. And I needed something to to keep it going, keep or me focused and right. grounded. So I started writing the book, and it really was very therapeutic at the beginning. And I was really doing it only for that purpose. Right, to get kind of your thoughts and, down and on paper. Occupied, and it turned into something bigger as I got yeah. up, went and got deeper into it. Now, is that is this the first time you've told this story publicly, or have you done like speeches, interviews, anything in the past before you decided to bring it uh, book style? Well, prior, like, you talking about uh, before writing the book? Yeah, like, did, did or you ever, tonight? No, before writing the book. Oh, no, never. Uh, I hadn't shared that with anybody. Okay. So um, and I mean, that's part of the, the stigma when, you, when we talk about ending the stigma. Right. You know, I certainly bought into the stigma myself that, you know, a mental illness was, is seen as weakness. And, um, yeah, definitely you know, in the sport Being groomed as well. a hockey player and a, 
and even the professional athletics or elite level athletics, you know, you're often groomed from a young age to be a warrior and to soldier on and to show mental, uh, to show any weakness mentally was kind of seen as a negative. So it was something I was never willing to do. And really that was a mistake looking back now that I've gone to some therapy and got some treatment that that was the worst thing I could have done. Right. What I really needed to do is to be able to talk to someone about it and get some help. And that's what I've done. And it's really have come a long way in the last two years. Right. So uh, looking back at the very beginning, uh, we'll kind of go through your hockey career. Take us back to like when you were younger in Ontario, when you first fell in love with the game and how you go into that and through your youth hockey career to the point where you're, you're like, wow, uh, I actually have a shot to being a, uh, like an NHL player here. Sure, yeah, I grew up, as you said, Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, it's a real hockey hotbed. Um, yep. Former capital Scott Stevens is from Kitchener as well, and he was uh, a guy I looked up to growing up. He was four years older than me and played for the hometown Kitchener Rangers in the Ontario Hockey League and led them to a Memorial Cup and then drafted by the Capitals uh, in 1982. Yep, we all remember that. <laughs> um, myself, we, uh, I guess the first time I really realized I had a shot at making this a career was in midget hockey up here, and I played two years of midget. My first year of midget, four players off our team were drafted to the Ontario Hockey League, and um, I was a, a, kind of a year younger, so I still had another draft eligible, eligible year coming up. But when those boys were our teammates were picked, that's the first time I really thought I could make hockey a career. And then the following right. season, I was drafted by the Kingston Canadians in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, so uh, right there, at, uh, from 85 to 88, you're in the OHL with the Kingston Canadians, just over a point per game player. Then 1986, draft rolls around. You get selected in the second round by the Caps. Uh, what was that whole process like leading up to the draft, meeting the coaches, GMs, like all the preparation that goes into that? I was in one of my most memorable days, and I have a chapter in my book, Shattered Ice, called Ghosts of the Montreal Forum, because the 1986 NHL draft was at the Montreal, the famous Montreal Forum. Oh, yeah. And just a historic building. Um, you know, the Canadians have won so many Stanley Cups. So many legendary players played in that arena. And it was uh, a place as a boy I watched many games played. Uh, leading up to it, we took the train there from Toronto with my agent, Rick Curran and uh, his clients, mm -hmm. and it was just an amazing day. Um, the first-round pick of the Capitals that day was Jeff Greenlaw. Mm -hmm. He was a left-winger, and uh, second round, then I went in the second round, also a left-winger, and I remember meeting uh, Jack Button, the director of player personnel and recruitment, and David Poyle, and uh, Coach Brian Murray and Coach and then Assistant Coach Terry Murray and Ron LaPointe. And just sitting at the draft table with them was just a, a surreal experience. And it's one of those days, on that day, you just, you, I kind of wanted time to stand still. I didn't want it to end. And it was just a, a real emotional day and, and a real rewarding day because so many years of hard work pay off and you get to pull that jersey over your head up on the podium. It's a real thrill. Yeah. So did you have a pretty good idea that the Caps were going to take you that day, or was there some other teams you kind of had in mind that you had some good meetings with or anything like that? I did think the Capitals were a possibility at the time. Uh, one of their scouts, I think it was their head scout at the time, was Sam McMaster, and he went on to be the GM of the L.A. Kings later on. But uh, he took me out. He came to see me in Kingston before. 
before the draft and took me out for dinner. I had also talked to the Devils and uh, the Hartford, you know, the old Hartford Whalers at the time. Yep. But going into the day, back in then too, we only had 21 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really kind of just uh, going in with an open mind. Yeah. But then, you know, looking back at it after I was picked, I remember you know the Capitals certainly were uh, a team that had shown some interest. Yeah. So uh, was there like a specific team that you were hoping you would get drafted by, or did you just not care at all? You just wanted to get drafted and be in the NHL. Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you just want to get drafted and play in the NHL. Um, you know, the, the, growing up in Ontario, it would have been in a, quite a thrill to be drafted by the Maple Leafs or yeah. really any of the other Canadian teams. But truthfully, you just want to hear your name called. And there's always uh, something, uh, I would say, thrilling or exciting about going to the United States. So, you know, deep down, I think... You know, your heart might say it would be fun to be drafted by a Canadian team, but I was always excited about the opportunity to go try and live and play hockey in the U.S. Yeah, venture off a little bit, uh, like, somewhere different from home. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So you start in the AHL there in the 87-88 year? Is that what year you were in the AHL, I think? Uh, 88-89. Pro season. Um, your AHL, it really began following year, and then that's where we'll start with Chirp and DMV. Really want to get into the, like the Baltimore Skipjacks hockey because, I mean, you played with them till the ninety two ninety three season. I think a lot of people from around here aren't familiar at all with like the t- that team unless you're obviously a hockey fan way back when. Um, so yeah, this, uh, the year you start there is your the affiliates with the Caps. Take us through that rookie season in uh, Baltimore. We got uh, twenty seven points in that uh, during that season. Pretty damn good year for a rookie. Um, so yeah, take us through that, uh, I guess, experience as, uh, in Baltimore. So the owner of the Baltimore Skipjacks was Tom Ebright and the team was an independent, uh, the season prior to the Capitals uh, making that arrangement with the Skipjacks and Tom Ebright's Baltimore team. It was really an ideal situation because a lot of us lived right in between Baltimore and Washington and uh, Columbia, Laurel, or um, Ellicott City. So right. if you got called up or demoted, it was easy. you could still live in your same place. You know, There's no need to grab a plane and fly coast to coast. Uh, you just hopped in your car and went either north on Highway 95 or yep. south on Highway 95. Exactly. It made it easy for um, you. Yeah, it was really convenient and beneficial for the players that way. And the I remember the first year we needed a coach, of course, and Terry Murray was with his brother Brian in Washington, and uh, David, Mr. Poyle, split them up, and he sent Terry um, to the American Hockey League with, as the first head coach of the Baltimore Skipjacks. And Terry did that uh, on his own that year. He didn't have any assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. He was a really good coach. I, I certainly enjoyed playing for him. I learned a lot from him, and I loved the city itself like it was a great we were the most southern team in the ahl at the time oh yeah i would imagine so so we did have a bit of a we had some longer travel but i certainly loved it playing there that was a great it's certainly not known as a hockey town either but not at all (laughs) all, the the orioles were the the big show but um yeah well i was baltimore blast were there at the time they shared the arena with the the indoor soccer team but right i really liked playing in baltimore and uh how was living I have in a Baltimore. lot of good memories about those those years there. How was living in Baltimore in those days? Uh, the crowd was that 
Were they crazy or not too many people coming out there? I know Baltimore's not really known for a hockey town. So. Yeah, it's got to be a culture how shock. How was that? Yeah. Yeah, our average crowd, I want to say, was around 2,800. And, you know, when it was exciting is when the Hershey Bears came to town, you know, geographic rival. Back then, the, the Fly, Philadelphia Flyers were affiliated with the Hershey Bears. So we had the geographic rivalry, plus the Flyers and Capitals really didn't like each other. So that spilled down to the minors. Yep. And when, the, when Hershey would come to town, we sometimes had, I remember, games with over 10,000. The, the place seated about 11,500 approximately, and we, we had crowds over 10,000. I remember the upper deck, that's the only time the upper deck would be have people, like pretty much up, a lot of people in the second level when Hershey came to play us. Yeah, because that's only about a two-hour drive, I think, from Hershey uh, down all the way to Baltimore. So I'm sure a lot yeah, of people traveled. Yeah, not far at all. Yeah. And uh, I know when we went up there, too, their fans also didn't like us. and We had, <laughs> we had a great rivalry with them. That makes a lot of fun. Yep. Because the entire time I was in Baltimore, that was the, the Capitals and Flyers were both uh, setting up shop in those two towns. Mm-hmm. So uh, four seasons there in Baltimore. During that 90-91 uh, season, you make your NHL debut. Take us through that uh, that first experience, you know, getting the first call up, the emotions, playing in the NHL, uh, what it meant to a guy like you that worked so hard to get there for his first shot. Well, it's uh, it's a dream come true. Absolutely, I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, we were pl- the Skipjacks were playing in Maine. I'll never forget. Rob, Rob, our coach at that time was Rob Laird, and he pulled me out of the room after the game up in Portland, Maine, and said that told me I was recalled by the Capitals, and I'd be playing in Detroit two days later. With this on a Tuesday, and uh, yeah, we had we still had to get home, so we bust back back to Baltimore and then um, I always there's another story I tell in my book Shattered Ice that uh, my first practice so we practiced Monday before going to Detroit and I lined up for a two-on-one drill with Dino Cicerelli and you, you guys probably Ooh, remember him yeah yep. real high energy player fast great goal scorer and coach Terry Murray was now coach of the Capitals uh, that season yep and uh he blew the whistle, and Dino took off like he was shot out of a cannon. <laughs> I re- remember re- I realized at that moment how hard those guys work and how hard they work in the NHL as a group, and it was a real lesson to learn. Moving on to Detroit, I'll tell you a, a funny story. Some Mr. Poyle had fired Brian Murray uh, the year prior, and... Uh, Doug McLean had also left the organization. He was Brian's assistant. Uh-huh. They ended up in Detroit the following year, and then Terry Murray replaced his brother Brian with the Capitals. So that first NHL game for me in Detroit, Brian Murray and Doug McLean were behind the Detroit bench. So my old coaches from Washington, who I knew well from training camp, and Doug actually coached the Baltimore Skipjacks for half a season um, when Brian was fired. So I was skating around in warm-up, and I saw Doug on the Detroit bench, and he's a familiar face, and I always tell people he's a, he was probably the most my favorite coach that I played for. Mm-hmm. And I crossed the center red line, and I thought, I'll say I was really quite uptight and nervous going into your first game, so I thought I'll talk to my old coach and just say, hey, hello, and how you doing, and he'll give me some sort of confidence and, you know, some uh, – 
some uh, comforting words or what is yeah. motivational words. And I looked at him. We made eye contact. He said, hey, Seth, I told Probert you're the goon called up from Baltimore. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> so, funny. So uh, that immediately sent me into a, a bit of a spin. My head was going <laughs> in a thousand different directions. Yeah, I bet. And, and then to add to the, so to add to the story, I didn't know if he was serious or joking. I really, I was, this was running through my mind. So we go back into the dressing room after warm-up, and Coach Terry Murray announces the starting lineup, and he says, Hunter, Seftel, Druce. So I'm starting with Dale Hunter and John Druce. What a thrill. What a First line. NHL game, you're going to be out there for the national anthem standing on the blue line. So I'm out there for the blue line, and now everybody does this. You want to know who you're up against when you're going out on the ice. So I look. I'm a left winger, and I know that I'm going to be up against Detroit's right winger. And I look across, and there he was, number 24, Bob Probert. <laughs> oh man, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> now my head, now my mind is really racing because yep. I, now I think maybe he, did, maybe he did say something. Yeah. Uh, long story short is <laughs> there was nothing happened. There was no uh, no fight, no uh, incident or anything uh, yeah. to speak of. Other than we did, remember we did. Puck up, dumped into our zone, and came ringing around the boards. I made a play up the wall, and he bumped. We had just like a body check bump, and that was that. And from that point on, the game was uh, yeah. it was a lot of fun, and I remember just loving every minute of it. We won three two in overtime, so that was just a little bit of icing on the cake. Oh, there you that go. That's pretty big for the game. first first game win. And he's celebrating afterwards. Yeah, we did go. Uh, Nick Kiprios, I remember another ex capital. He led the way. We went, a bunch of us went out to a, a restaurant after for dinner in uh, Detroit and Greek Town. So that was nice. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a great, great day for sure. Yeah. So uh, I actually did want to drop a couple of names there. You already got a couple of them in there, but you played with players like Dino Cicerelli there, Dale Hunter. You mentioned uh, Alan May is there, Rod Langway, Cal Johansson, Peter Bondra, just a bunch of guys, Joel, even Joe Quinville, Dave Tippett. I mean, tell us about that whole group, the leadership they had, and, uh, like, what, how it was, like, first stepping into a, like, what could be an intimidating room with all those big names there. Yeah, I talk about, in my book, the one player I do talk about on a couple occasions is the captain at the time, Rod Langway, my first few years there. Yep. Uh, I call, He was a larger-than-life figure, uh, a big, big man. And, I mean, at the time... You know, he's coming off a couple Norris trophies yep. as the best defenseman in the league. And what a great leader he was. And yep. he was a guy that I just admired every time you walked by him. And he was a super nice guy, too. He made you feel welcome. And as a rookie going into the room, he always made you feel like you were part of the group, which was awesome. And then in, uh, I think, 1987, when Mr. Poyle traded for Dale Hunter, and immediately he was an impact player. He scored that famous Game 7 overtime goal against the Flyers, and he kind of became the face of the franchise, but another tremendous leader. Uh, he coaches up here now in the Ontario Hockey League for the London Knights, mm-hmm. and he's got a terrific coaching record there. Yeah, I'm and, pretty sure. Yeah, the, the London Knights, they're, they're a pretty heavy team up there in the, uh, for the junior leagues, right? Yeah, he has them He has them competitive every season. Yeah. He's, He's done a fantastic job there, and it's really no surprise. Like the guy knows he's just a competitor. He knows how, what it takes to win, and what a great mentor for those players. Like to play under him as a junior player, I would just be listening, like a sucking it all up, like a sponge. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Just. But another, 
but he was just another guy. You were you were just glad he he was the type of guy you wanted on your team, and probably didn't want to wasn't too fun to play against. Oh yeah, yeah he just exactly. did it, whatever it took to win. Now, another uh, real down to earth guy, like another guy who that he is what you see. There was no uh, no pretending there. He, he's he comes from a farm town, farming community, and up here, and yeah, he's a great another great guy. Uh, yeah, I think back who else. For me, like I mentioned earlier, Scott Stevens was one of my heroes because of the Kitchener, yeah. Ontario connection. And then he uh, moved on when he was signed as a free agent yep. by the St. Louis Blues. Now, were there any offensive? But it was a great group. The Capitals had a, they had a tough lineup to crack back in those days. They were very yeah. deep. And they had a, always had a, a solid defense with Kevin Hatcher and Callie Johansson. And it was a great group of guys. Good. Now, was there uh, any forwards on that team that kind of took you under their wing, tried to help you out a little bit during that uh, that time you were there? I think from that standpoint, it was the uh, you know we had a good a number of guys from Baltimore ended up playing for the Capitals. And I think we those were the guys you kind of for me I leaned on guys like uh, John Drews I mentioned earlier. Kind of guys that went to the first, same. My thing. rookie year in Baltimore, he was our captain, and then he had a great year, got called up. That second year, Nick Kiprios was, you knew he was destined to be in the NHL, and he's a great leader. And Rob Murray was another guy who I who was my line mate in Baltimore. He uh, played up for a season, a season and a half. And those guys, Tim Berglund is another one who played a couple years, also a, a former skipjack. So th- those guys that I were my teammates in Baltimore, those guys were the ones I leaned on mm, just from carried the forward over. group when I got called up. Mm. So it was four games. What really was the reason for the short stint? Uh, were you called up for the like with the intention of a short time? Was it your gameplay, or was it? I just want to kind of get into like what your mental side of the game was and how it affected your personal life at just playing uh, four games. Well, the, this is the critical thing there is I, when I got called up, I was up for a, an injury recall. I believe it was Peter Bondra who was out at the time. And then when he came back to the lineup, I got demoted. Mm-hmm. sent back down and then shortly after that they had another injury up the forward on a winger position and uh i was certain like that because i had played well and coach murray told me everything i did everything he asked i was certain i was going to get the call uh again mm-hmm. and they ended up calling up reggie savage a, for, a first round draft pick who played some a little bit with some as well I mean, it was good for Reggie, but I was that. Well, that was a blow that I didn't. I really that that hurt a little bit. I really thought it was my time, but really, what kind of sent my career into the tank after that is that at the end of that season, I had a torn ACL when I was 18 years old in junior hockey, and it was never repaired. I always played with a brace on, mm-hmm. and. It, it uh, just basically disintegrated over time, you know, through wear and tear and became, got to the point where it was slipping and all the time, like I needed it surgically repaired. So that summer of 1991, after I think, you know, I had my best season uh, of hockey in the minors and, you know, got some time with the Capitals. I was really on the cusp of making a push for a spot. That that summer I had to have ACL reconstruction. Uh Uh-huh. Out of the blue, like it was uh, done with the thought that that would lengthen my career, and just as bad luck would have it, when I 
I took so that took nine months to rehab. When I came back, I played 18 games in Baltimore, and I blew out my other ACL, my other leg. Oh, so it's just that bad. really. I mean, that's just bad luck. Yeah, it's just bad luck. Back to back. Yeah. I never really recovered from the second one. Now, uh, switching over from physical injuries, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, when did the mental aspect of everything that was going on kind of, did that ever come into affecting your game when you were youth or coming up playing in Baltimore? Well, the mental stuff kind of started in junior when I was uh, 17, and I always suffered from anxiety and some and panic. But again, I didn't share it. But the one, there was one incident in junior. I did go see a doctor, and this was 1985, my rookie season. Like I said, we weren't talking mental health back then at all, not even the doctors really. And I remember going to the doctor because I wasn't feeling well, and he said, I can't find anything wrong with you. So I just thought that meant it was me and that these physical feelings from what was happening mentally were just something I was going to have to live with. Yeah, that's tough. And if I fast forward to when I had my second ACL tear that I just mentioned, I really had a spiraling mind, and I was under contract with the Capitals and kind of in free fall mentally. Mm-hmm. And in December of 92, um, yeah, with a very uh, unstable mind and not sure where to turn and what to do, at 23, I was 24 years old, and I just said, I'm, I'm retiring. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time because I said I was under contract. And but I that's I was running, and in yeah. the end, when I look back at it now, I was run I was running away. I was, in my book, I say I was being chased by the tiger. Like I was always very anxious, and I didn't know how to deal with those feelings. And then what I would do is is to just try to escape them, and that was right. and that kind of followed me even through my work life when I went back to school and. When I finally got it, you know, got into the regular work life, uh, got into a management position, and the same uh, repetitive process was going on, and that, uh, leading up to two years ago, when I finally had to uh, go off work because I just crashed mentally, couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess you would say uh, the ending to the career kind of came with the injuries and this kind of mental thing, kind of pushing it all together. Uh, it's kind of hard on a kid uh, living in Washington from Canada, and uh, it's a lot of stress on you, man. Yeah, and like I said, I think the critical thing is we weren't talking about it. I didn't know how to ask for help. Plus, I didn't I didn't feel comfortable asking for help. Right. I mentioned the stigma earlier. Yeah, definitely. Like to me, it would seem if I was to ask for help as a male and a hockey player and an athlete, I I was I thought that was meant I was weak mentally. And I could never want to. You hear that from athletes time and time again that they they don't want to be seen as mentally weak. Right. Exactly. But it's not weak. It's an illness. It's something you need to deal with. Yeah. And that'll make sure. you stronger as an individual if you actually come out and say it. And when I finally did come out and say it, I felt a huge relief. I told my family. Yeah. Actually, the first person I told in the hockey world was Doug McLean. My former coach, yeah. my former Capitals coach, and then the former coach in Baltimore. And I asked him to write the foreword for my book. I always felt really close to Doug, and as it turns out, after I did some research for my book, he has a a master's degree in educational psychology, which did not shock me when I read that because yeah. I have a feeling that's why we I felt so close to him. I think he just said the right things. He pressed the right buttons with me, and I always trusted him. Right. 
So I met him in March of this year in Toronto, and uh, I explained what I was going through, and he was shocked. And then I said, I've written a book, and I would be honored if you'd write the foreword. And he agreed. And it was, We had a great chat that day. We ate lunch uh, over a, a couple hours at a restaurant. And again, it was a real relief just to be able to share it and not hide behind it anymore. Yeah, and I bet it helped It helped out that just having him sit there and like just basically write down your thoughts on paper, just having him right there, just, I don't know, it's, it just it feels like the, the bond there between you two is something, something incredible almost and uh, helped you out for the rest of your life. Yeah, and he's kind of felt like a father figure. And, I mean, the bond between coaches and players is significant. And I, I coach minor hockey now i coach a peewee team at age 12 up here mm-hmm. and even i know when i wrote my own book like i remember all my coaches names from when i was nine years old and i i mentioned them all in the book and that you, you just have such an impact on young athletes when you're a coach oh 100 percent yeah, yeah and, so, and this was just another example i felt such a bond with him i hadn't seen him in years but i was comfortable enough to reach out to him and say i need some help could you meet me like it's amazing that that hockey family was still there for me yeah that's awesome so now looking at your new book we got two copies off amazon actually last wednesday so we're excited to jump into it give it a read but do you see this book as more of a look back at your career and everything you went through and how you got through it all or is it also just a way to spread your the message that of your life and the awareness of uh mental health issues that people go through no matter who you are and using the book as a platform for that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, the platform. When I first wrote, when we we did uh, the first few edits with my editor, um, I thought she thought it was dark, and I was writing it a little bit out of anger and frustration, and I said to her, I didn't want the book to only, I I didn't want it to be all negative. I wanted it to be about the joy of the sport that gave me so much and that I've done since I was a young, young boy. So I changed the direction a little bit, and it ends up being uh, you're going through the journey with me from the first time I put on the blades at an outdoor rink. And I try to tell it in the present moment while also kind of narrating from the sidelines. Right. And But I, I, I do sprinkle in there at different points throughout uh, the mental aspect where I'm the anxiety has taken over me in certain stories where I was really anxious and had some panic attacks. And mm. You get to kind of, you go through that with me all the way through my career, but you also get to experience the highs and the lows. And I think that's one of the, the things that really jumps out from the book is the, the uh, difficult road it is to make it to the national hockey league. Right. It's like Even a grind. There are so many ups and downs and you go through that with me. And then you mentioned the platform, so I am trying to be a leader in the mental health community up here, especially for men and athletes. And I'm following in the footsteps of some other athletes like Kevin Love, who uh, he was one of the first guys I heard talk about uh, his anxiety with uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. DeMar DeRozan up here at the Raptors a couple years ago when he was still in Toronto. Yep also came out publicly and was talking about anxiety and some of his problems mm-hmm. mentally. So I'm just trying to follow in that kind of footstep and and be an advocate for some of the other young hockey players who are coming in behind me because I've, I've got a lot of experience now from you know, through lo- that you gain through living your life. And 
I've been through all the levels of hockey, so if I can help any young athletes who are struggling mentally, they read my book and, and realize that they're not alone and maybe if I lift a weight off their shoulders, I would be ecstatic. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So uh, the book itself, I'm sure, has a lot of great stories from your playing career. I was just wondering if uh, you wanted to give us one of the funnier stories from it, give the listeners a little sneak peek. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I'll tell you, okay, this is a, a funny story. Uh, when I was with uh, Baltimore Skipjacks, are you familiar with the movie Slapshot? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, most, most hockey fans are and most hockey players are. I mean, it's a staple on the uh, every bus trip. Somebody slaps in the movie Slapshot. And usually we've seen it so many times, we start calling out the lines from the movie. And yeah, got everybody the knows the so, and, But in about, the Skipjacks played an exhibition game versus the Maine Mariners. I think it was in 1991. And we were playing, the main Mariners were affiliated with the Johnstown Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be a neutral site game, but a home game for Maine. And we played it in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And what many hockey fans will know is, if you know the movie Slapshot, all the, the scenes, that's their home rink. So yeah. the, the scenes from the movie Slapshot are filmed in the Cambria War Memorial Arena in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So walking into that arena, first of all, driving into town, like they show that there's a, a statue of a dog that warned them of a flood at some point in the, <laughs> oh, the community's history. I mean, we drove by like that statue. That statue's in the movie. It was just like right out. Of, it just felt like being in the movie, driving into the community, and then walking in the arena. It was exactly like the movie. Like it was just really surreal. Yeah, it's and, like what's going <laughs> I on was, here. We were joking around, like, look, the same. We were waiting for Paul Newman to walk around the corner in his brown leather suit and jacket, <laughs> or the Hanson brothers. I mean, and then you step out onto the ice, and there's like a one foot drop to the <laughs> ice surface, which is really odd. And looking around, you could just see that the benches were exactly like the movie. Yep. The arena is identical, and it was a what a fun night. And the thing I remember about the game is, well, after the so there was a rumor in the dressing room before the game that some of the players from the Johnstown Chiefs team were going to be playing for Maine. <laughs> oh wow! And so right off the puck drop, the puck got dumped into our zone, and our defenseman went back for it, and he got wallpapered like just <laughs> flat against the boards, and the crowd erupted like yep. they went crazy. And, I remember being on the bench thinking this is going to be a rough long yeah. night. Oh, Chippy game coming. Yeah, it, there was a, so the crowd was really hyped up and they were loud and there was a, they cheered and but it was a a memory that I would never forget yeah, and I always like knew I was going to put that in the book. Yep. Cuz that was just one of those stories I just knew I had to tell because of Slapshot is such a legendary movie in the hockey community. Yeah, that's probably an awesome experience. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, was great. One other story that I heard about, I wanted to to ask you about. I um, so I heard uh, you had something that came up when you were in your fifteenth year. You were fifteen years old. You uh, got diagnosed with mono, and the cost of being drafted <laughs> yeah. in the OHL draft. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> yeah, that was good. the year I, I mentioned a little earlier. I played two years of midget. So a number uh, there's nine of us that the midget coach called up nine underage minor midgets to play for his team 
and we all so we had a, a group of uh, minor midgets minor midgets are still eligible for the ohl draft but they have to go in the first five rounds that was the rule back then uh-huh. okay. teams could take three minor midgets in the first five rounds that was the, so at just before christmas of that season i uh i was having a good year and i and i had a girlfriend and just before christmas of that season i got really sick and my mom my mother took me to the to the doctor and the doctor did his testing and felt my glands and he said i know you've got mono and then he did <laughs> confirmed it and uh so i called that chapter the kissing disease and i remember yep. it just zapped me of all my energy it took about eight weeks to recover from yeah because that's a pretty serious and i illness. wasn't never the same at the like for that entire remainder of that season i just never got my strength and win like uh aerobic power back so um it was a bit of a sore spot around the house, yep. just because you know, you know, you had this girlfriend. And what's more important, girl or hockey? Like that's kind of the way I felt as a teenage boy. Yep. Yeah, I actually had the same sickness. Uh, that kind of pressure, and you know. So what's the funny uh, finish to that story is? So now I said as I mentioned earlier, a few guys off my team were drafted, and I knew that the coming season, come upcoming, was going to be my. I had to make this happen. So I made three declarations to myself. I made a conscious decision. And the first one was I was not going to have any girlfriends for the next 12 months. Until <laughs> oh, the OHL That's a tough until one. Until the OHL draft finished. Day um, life done. Did you, did you keep yeah, the promise to yourself? I did promise myself, and I kept true to that. Oh, here we go. So the, I guess the, fun, the funny story about that is I went right uh, – I went a full year without a girlfriend, and right after the OHL draft, I I started dating a girl and <laughs> before I left for Kingston. As, as soon as the 12 months <laughs> As soon ended. as it was over, as soon as you I got what you needed. I did fulfill the 12 months, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on and telling us your story. Uh, your book, Shatter Ice, is available now. We mentioned it's up on Amazon, but... Why don't you tell the people where they can get the book, why they should get the book, and where they can follow you and your social media and your uh, book-related platforms? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm uh, at at s l seftel, s l s e f t e l. Uh, Instagram at steve seftel. I usually have some good, uh, interesting posts on there. Uh, I have a Shattered Ice Facebook page, and as you mentioned, the book's available on. Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. It's also available at Indigo up here in Ontario mm-hmm. um, and some local bookstores. But for the larger audience, Amazon, and that's Amazon, I sold one. One book was purchased in Australia by a Canadian oh, man. living down there, <laughs> a hockey cool. fan through yeah. Amazon. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, there you go. Um, but as far as the book, as like you mentioned earlier, I think the important message there is the platform. The platform is to use it as a springboard to talk about men's mental health and mental health for athletes and that it is not a sign of weakness to talk about mental health. If, if anything, it makes you stronger because you become stronger when you deal with that problem out in the open. Right. The weakness is, and what makes you sick is when you don't deal with it. And then someone, one of my therapists who I really got along with and I found very inspirational one thing she said to me, and that's kind of the last thing I'll leave you with, is she said, if, if you don't deal with your mental health issues, 
she said, eventually your body crashes and three things, one of three things happen. She said, you either implode, which is hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. That can be in a variety of different ways. One, the other one, second thing she said is you explode, you hurt others. Mm -hmm. And number three is, or you just get physically sick and your body just stops on you and makes you physically ill. And that's what happens when you don't deal with it. So to avoid those things and to just be better person all around, you need to share it. Look for help. There's general practitioners. There's, there's psychotherapists. There's psychiatrists. I even went to, uh, along with those, I went to a, a natural path who helped get my nutrition in order, which I think was huge for me. Mm-hmm. They use all those things together, and we can, as a society, uh beat this and get everybody on board yeah well steve i appreciate you coming on and i appreciate everything uh you're doing personally uh in the community and with this book to try to break the stigma on uh, men's health and make everything better so i appreciate you coming on man and hope we uh can get get you back on soon and uh, keep in touch awesome thanks for having me guys yeah thanks for coming on thank you all right have a good night yeah all right steve thanks buddy bye-bye All right, thanks again. A uh, awesome interview there by Steve KPAB. Uh, fantastic job, you two. Um, so let's get into some local hockey now. Thanks, man. Um, no college power rankings this week because nobody's in action. So I'll, we'll just run through some college hockey news. Um, we mentioned it last week the Stevenson ACHA D2 team over in Germany and um, Austria and just kind of a couple places in Europe playing some games. They ended up going 3 and 1 on that trip. They beat HC Montfort. Fort Stedder. Nice. 7-3. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they nice. did. That team's uh, A couple games at some outdoor rinks and an overall, I guess, awesome time from what it looked like. Uh, some good team bonding and shit. You go all, you do that, and then you get buckled down for the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that'd be awesome to be able to, like, go overseas, like, with, like, one of your club teams just with the boys, just going overseas and just fucking around. Playing some games, yeah. having a time. Outdoor rinks. That was probably sick, too. Oh, yeah. They got yeah. all the pictures. They got all the pictures up, Twitter, Insta. Yeah, awesome go check experience. it out. Lastly, Stevenson Men's NCAA, they were in action. They improved to 7-1. and one. Uh, Weekend sweep defeated St. Norbert 6-5 six six behind two goals each from Chris Lee and Christian Ripley. They would follow that up with a, a bit of a throttling of Lawrence 8-3 to three, uh, with two goals each from Austin Master and uh, Christian Ripley. Again, how are you? And uh, Houston Wilson. So there it is, a little college hockey news. So I guess let's get into it. Uh, with most stuff locally, it's Thanksgiving break, so not a lot of people are playing. So we'll start with some high school, some CSHL. Uh, no games played since the 22nd due to the Thanksgiving holiday, so no games to recap. But what we can do here is preview this Friday night's games. Uh, there are five across the board with only one of the two conference leaders and undefeated teams in action. Um, T.C. Williams, they're off until the 13th, but five O and O Lake Braddock will be traveling to take on a three and one West Potomac team at St. James. Um, we also got two one and one Forest Park. They're hitting the road versus a one two and one Woodbridge team at Prince William. Uh, also at the St. James, we've got a winless South County team. Uh, they're looking for their first dub of the year versus a 500 West Springfield team. Uh, two more games at Prince William. Also as Washington Liberty, they look to start a little bit of a streak versus a struggling Robson team. And lastly, uh, the Will McGrath Colon squad uh, will host a winless Central. Team. So, KP, uh, Northern Virginia. Yeah, we got uh, no action in the NBSHL since we recapped you on Friday before Thanksgiving games. There was one game Wednesday at Flint Hill took on Flanker. 
Highlands, but no score is seen or recorded. So we'll just run you through division leaders and individual leaders at Thanksgiving as the season really starts to heat up. Chantilly leads the Norris at 3-0-0. Broad, one, broad Run leads the Smythe at 3-0-0. Battlefield. <laughs> 3-0-1 leads the Patrick Division. And lastly, Oakland leads wide open Adams Division at 2-2-0. Two, two uh, Owen Morgan from Chantilly leads the state in points, 20 goals at 16. I'm sorry, 20 points and 16 goals, while another Chantilly player, player and Dylan Chum, leads the state and assists at 8. Looking at the goalies, we got Broad Runs, Logan Greenfield leading the way with a 1.88 goals against average by goalies with a minimum of three games played, and only three goalies have pitched shutouts. Dylan Tolley from Langley, Ryan Van Esco. Van Esco. <laughs> Not really good with names. Uh, you're getting through this very well, though. Bra from Blair Woods <laughs> and Logan Greenfield from Broad Run. I was very impressed with that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you killed that. Yeah, that was nice. Though. Hell yeah. That was well done. KP. All right. Fucking burning it down. Uh, AB over here with the MSHL. <clears throat> we actually <clears throat> had some action last week in the MSHL. There were seven games played between Monday and Tuesday before all teams took their Thanksgiving breaks. Glenelg would take back their lead at the top of a Howard Conference, passing Mount Hebron uh, by a point after defeating River Hill 11 nothing, led by Carson Stickley, who tucked a Hattie and added two apples. Five-point <clears throat> night for him. How about a fiver? Three games went down in Monocacy hey Valley Conference, uh, causing hey a shakeup in the standings as Urbana beat Oakdale 4-2, Walkersville beating Middletown 12-0, and Carroll County beating Frederick County 2-0. But Washington County holds a two-point lead with eight over Urbana, but Urbana does have two less games played. Oh, wow. And we've got three players in the 20-point club already. Wow. They lead the state at Thanksgiving as Jack Callaghan from Mount Ebron leads the way with 15 rips, 9 apples, 24 points, followed by Reservoir's Luke Rubin with he's got 18 tucks to assist, 20 points. Uh, and rounding out the top three is Tyler Eister with 13 tucks, 7 apples, 20 points for him from Quincy Orchard. We also have Washington County's Mason Widener leading the state. Three shutouts in six games. Not bad. Um... I kind of want to start reading my old stats on here just randomly. All right. I don't know why. I'm down. <laughs> just start reading stats. I had a pretty good junior, senior we'll year. We'll just insert them into <laughs> a random uh, portion of this. And we're like, yeah, this guy had this stat. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, man. Um, lastly, uh, Mid-Atlantic Prep Hockey League. Um, let's start Let's start here with the massive upset. It's uh, league standing games. We talked a lot uh, last episode, AB Gonzaga, how well they were playing, um, kind of being an early favorite. I mean, yeah, they should, once again, they're they're usually always a favorite, like every year, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, three straight championships. It's uh, Mount St. Joe, um, kind of cementing themselves as a possible contender. Uh, it was a back and forth game. Eagles score first. Mount St. Joe answers uh, the same again, but 25 seconds left. Mount St. Joe's scores wins at three to two. Uh, they've now played two league games, Dematha and Gonzaga, and have won both. Yeah, so they might be the dark horse of this uh, of the league here, huh? Yeah, it's, I mean, you get the two, I mean, arguably two of the best, two of the top three, two of the top four teams out of the way in your first two. Yeah. You got a lot to look forward to. Um, they look to stay hot Friday night. Um, they'll travel to a ruckus uh, Georgetown prep crowd. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Bishop O'Connell, V1, V2. They spent the weekend in Columbus, Ohio. They competed in the Chiller Classic Thanksgiving tournament. V2 Knights. 
Um, they would defeat Liberty 4-1 to to win the JV Red Division Championship. Um, they defeated Dublin Jerome, St. Xavier, Westerville uh, in round robin. V1, they go undefeated in round robin. They take down Dublin Jerome, also Northern Kentucky, New Albany, but fall in the championship to Upper Arlington. Um, I think those two goals they scored in that 5-2 to championship loss were the only two goals that the, new, uh, the Upper Arlington team let up the entire tournament. Damn, that's... They didn't get scored on until a championship game. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, that's pretty nuts. Um, Friday night, <clears throat> Calvert Hall Spalding up in Baltimore. Uh, tomorrow night at the Starship, we've got a big one. Georgetown Prep travels to take on Bishop O'Connell. Matchup between two playoff teams. Uh, they're going to try to set the tone early in that. Georgetown Prep, it's league game number one. O'Connell looks to be 3-0 for the second year in a row. Um, non-league-wise, St. John's, they improved to 9-0 with a 6-2 win over St. Augustine. Prep from New Jersey. They'll be taking on the Hill School this Friday as they continue to build a pretty highly impressive um, early season resume. Yes, sir. These non league games, they're going up to like Jersey and uh, Pennsylvania for these? <clears throat> yeah, playing kind of playing teams from all over. Just uh, that's pretty sweet. Prep schools from like Pennsylvania, New Jersey. I mean, they're. Get you nationally. They played two. Get you nationally looked at too. That's they, pretty sweet. They are uh, going to nationals this year, I believe. They applied in. Um, Bishop O'Connell did for the high school division. No, just they're too. probably trying to build a sick resume. Does, Gon- does Gonzaga ever <laughs> go to nationals? Do they? No, it was to? only not many teams do it. It was only O'Connell that went last year. They did pretty well. I wonder why. I mean, and um, so I Saint like John, you have to like kind of apply and do it after the season and everything, and go through that whole process. Yeah, but why not? Like, uh, like Gonzaga. <clears throat> you think you got a good, if you think you got a good team, yeah, right. Gonzaga's they hold, they have a good team every single year. I mean, I'm surprised yeah. they don't want to do that. I mean, that sounds like a fun ass time. Yeah, it's like, hey, this year we're going to try to go for nationals, so let's just like play everybody. Yeah. Let's play like 40 games. Yeah, exactly. It's like kind of tight. Like, that's what we did. I remember it's prep like, school from New Jersey. That's going. Our senior year, uh, that's what Coach Chip wanted us to get like 40 games in. Yeah. And he was he tried. We we, we couldn't get there. I think we got like 32 or 33 or something like that. But, but yeah, can you go and build kind of a resume against teams that you may potentially face yeah. at nationals, which is kind of crazy. Um. Yeah, so they've been doing that. Uh, Thanksgiving morning matchup, non-league. Uh, DeMathis, St. Albans. Stags pull out a 5-4 victory. Uh, Landon is off to a 2-0 start. They've defeated Thomas Wooten from the MSHL and uh, Sale Sinium from Delaware, 7-1. So there it is, some high school hockey. Um, next up, junior hockey? Yeah, here we Shall go. Shall we dance? A.B.? Here uh, to start off the junior hockey recap, we got the Black Bears. <clears throat> uh, they were back this past weekend after they – uh, that tough go at Johnstown the uh, the weekend before they hosted New, the or they hosted the New Jersey Titans this week. Sorry about that. Uh, game one on Black Friday saw Black Bears win four to two as Maryland gets con- uh, contributions for four different goal scorers in that game. Thirty eight saves by your boy Andrew Takis. Uh, so yeah, good performance by them. Another big win against New Jersey Titans. Uh, obviously they're I think they're in first in that division. Um, so, yeah, that's a huge win for them. Black Bears dropped game two, though, by score 74 for another split weekend. Uh, like we've been saying all year, they've just been splitting every single weekend, which, again, I mean, sticking around 500 puts, puts you win every game. So it's They're not getting blown out at all, so um, that's huge. And as both Takis and Black would see action in uh, net this game. So uh, seven rips, <clears throat> I'm sure – Pull the goalie, get him out of there, cause uh, yep, yeah. yep, <laughs> kind of uh, yeah. Go go both get some uh, game action. Um, yeah. 
USPHL, no uh, happenings really uh, due to holiday in terms of what's coming up. Both Potomac squads off until the 14th weekend, uh, but this coming weekend it's the throwdown between rivals. Uh, the two Richmond squads are heading to Hampton Roads to take on the Whalers. Premier Generals and Whalers are split at one game or one win apiece, um, while the Elite Generals are up two games and none on Hampton. So Kyle finished it up, EA. HL or EHL, yeah, just the EHL, EHL uh, boy. <laughs> no happenings for Team Maryland as they were off for the holiday. Um, they this coming up weekend they'll be in Philly again to take on the Revolution, who are only two points behind Team Maryland. So it's a big weekend for them as they look to make a move in the standings. So uh, hopefully Maryland goes up there, gets a nice little sweep, and uh, comes back still ahead. Uh, yeah. So before we get into teams of the week, did you know that there's like middle school hockey in Maryland now? Uh huh. I did not like know a that. pretty solid league. There's like Virginia seven or, as well. There's like seven or eight teams. Yeah, like it's. I was like, that would have been sick if we had that. If you had a middle school hockey team, dude, our team would have been unreal. <laughs> yeah, it would have been awesome. <laughs> middle school hockey. If we had some Doe Gators jerseys, yeah. Oh come on, man! That so they would have been green and yellow. That would have been mad sick. Yeah, because my little cousin is actually playing in it, and I was like, they were like, yeah, they do middle school hockey. And I was like, what the fuck? You got to get real. Yeah. Your school's really gotta be cool with that, I guess. Yeah, one that too. Um, it's not like they have middle school football teams, right? You do can, they? I mean, you like that's who the hell's gonna get enough kids to play? But apparently, so there's one school that has two fucking teams, like South, like South River or something like that has like two. It's insane. Well, I mean, a lot of the private schools have them too, obviously, because a lot of the schools around here are K through fucking twelve. True. We gotta they think. Start middle- grooming the kids in sixth grade, and then yeah, they're like, right. all right, by your senior year. But like middle school, like uh, uh, kids are still playing a lot of different sports. Just like high school, when you kind of get it down to like you're just playing one sport most of the time, yeah, year round. So that that's also why there's probably more teams as well. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, I would have been sick if we had that. Yeah, very, very <laughs> I'm fun. I'm just thinking of sure. real sick, fucking green and yellow jerseys, man, with know, the big ass gator, gator on it. Yeah, like uh, those uh, those Bowie throwbacks. Were did were you playing for Bowie then? Uh huh. I wasn't either. When they got them green hitters, yeah. green yellow. Ones. That was when I switched over. They to, were kind of um, wild. Saw the Maryland Sabers with your brother. They're kind of wild. The looking. one the one year I switch over, they fucking have like throwback unis. I'm like, God sick damn jerseys, it, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, team of the week, uh, who wants to start? Um, I'll take it over. KB. I'm going to take... Uh, All right, I'll go. Okay. okay, good. No, you go. All right, I'm going to go. It's, I have... Uh, <laughs> what? Stevenson, oh. NCAA. Uh, uh, they go 7-1 and one on the season. Uh, this weekend, they went 2-0, and uh, had a 6-5 and five win over St. Norbert and a 8-3 and three handling Lawrence uh, with authority there. So, uh, they're starting to heat up, having a good year. AB? Uh, I'm gonna go with that. It was the V2 O'Connell team that went undefeated, right? And that tournament and won the championship. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with V2 O'Connell. Okay, then. Um, yeah, like you, like you said, they they went to to that tournament. They tore it up, went undefeated, won the championship. Oh, so prep school tournament, good Probably on got you. A little trophy. Yep. I'm gonna go Mount St. Joe's. Um, upsetting Gonzaga with 23 seconds left and being 2-0 in league play versus Math and Gonzaga. Um. <clears throat> that's it local hockey um so we got some other stuff to get to um have we seen the kuz negnog twitter account nope it's fucking hilarious i saw this, this one of these tweets the other game dude total troll I love gotta, it i gotta look this up kuz negnog it's hilarious scroll through i mean 
Uh, there was a tweet that with two tripping minors, Kuznetsov and Orlov in the first period, the Caps have been assessed 106 minors this season. Only the Flames have taken more. He replied and goes, laughing my ass off. I remember when this was an issue last season, and Todd said he'd start benching guys for it. It lasted one game. <laughs> Down two to nothing to Tampa. Buy out Ovi, trade Kuzi, wave Carlson, keep Stevenson. <laughs> tank, tank for McMichael. Um, he did this one too. Okay, Todd Reardon. Okay, boys, two big points here. You guys fucking ready? Caps. Tell you right now. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> let, me see, let, me, let me see the Twitter account real quick. I can't find it. I can't find it on mine. It's hilarious. Uh, Kuznegnov. So start to follow him um, or her or whoever it may be. But, yeah, dude, just trolling during Cavs games, and I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> Tim Jim, so far pretty good. The refs trying to make up for that earlier call. Uh, Golvechkin never said to get rid of him. I've been saying McDavid shaking in his boots, replying to a thing about Carlson catching him. Are you are you retweeting him? I I can't find this fucking guy. Um, yeah, and then I I think it was the one today. It's like yeah, this could be us, but you playing for the Detroit Red Wings, and he did the thing of oh, we didn't even talk about that. <clears throat> Mike Green oh. getting tossed into the bench. Yeah, and dude, I felt bad. I was like, no, not Greeny. Like anyone, anyone. <laughs> Dude, he got throttled into the bench. I know, and Ov, it was right at Ov too, and Ov was like oh, trying to Ovi help him was up. dying uh-huh. laughing. Oh yeah, him, Ov and Tom were trying to pick him up and get him back up on there. Was was he on the team with Tom? Yeah, dude, did you see that uh, the video of Tom like mid game? Like it was like during the whistle, and Tom like comes up and wraps his arm around him, oh, like, skating a circle. Yeah, nice. yeah, Tom was. Greeny, uh, yeah, Thomas here. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I forget what year he left. So maybe why don't you uh, kick us going with your stuff? Okay. All right. Okay. 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 We'll start with um, NHL three stars of the month. Honestly, you could probably guess them. Um, Ovechkin. No, sorry. Pasternak. I mean, he's mine. No. Carlson. No. What? Uh, never mind. You can't guess them. All right. Go ahead. All right. Third star is uh, Patrick Kane. Um, huh. 11 goals, 13 assists, 24 points in 15 games. He is a, a current 15-game point streak, so that's not bad. Six no, multi-point, no, six multi-point games, three three-point games, and on the season he has 14 goals, um, 19 assists, 33 points in 26 games. So he got 24 of his 33 last month alone. So, so he, he he's slow October. pretty much doing the same thing as last year, though. We're just going to ex- score extreme amount of points for the Hawks. Yeah, tear up the entire league by himself. But be so, but it's fly so under the radar because the Hawks just don't win games. Exactly. So you don't know he's having that great of a month. Yep. Um, okay. Next. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. Um, he is the second star at 10 goals, 15 assists, 25 points through 14 games in November. He had three four point games. That's ridiculous. That's not bad. Um, Seven-game point streak in there. Uh, I I think he's still on that seven-game point streak right now. Six goals, ten assists, uh, 16 points in that, in that seven-game span. Uh, sits in fourth with 17 goals, 25 assists, 42 points in 26 games. And 25 points in November were the most in a month for uh, the Colorado Avalanche since Joe Sackick in March of 2000. Hey. Where he had 15 goals, 11 assists. 26 points in March okay. of 2000. Not bad. Not bad. First star is the one you could probably guess. Pasta. No. What? Come Wait. on, dude. Connor. Yeah. Ah. I just thought he scored so many damn goals. Mick Hazos. Uh, Connor McDavid. 13 tucks, 13 apples, 26 <laughs> points in 14 games. Um, 
He had no, he's on an 11 game point or no had an 11 game point streak in there. He has the most goals, had the most power play goals and the most power play points in that month. Um, seven multi point games, two hat tricks. Oh, these are caramel chocolates, aren't they? Yep. yep. Nice. Kyle just tossed out some caramel chocolates. I was like, what are you throwing at me mm-hmm. here? Looks like a little thumbtack. It literally looks like he's he's like on rookie mode in NHL. Yeah, it's insane. Game. It's it's absolutely insane. He got two hat tricks and a six point nine. He's so quick, so fast, and it's. It's really really fun to watch him. Yeah. He reached 400 He's points. He's doing a dang thing, baby. He reached 400 career points before the age of 22. Absurd. Same. Um, <laughs> 49 points uh, right now, leading the NHL. 19 goals, 30 assists, 49 points in 28 games. Um, Carlson got to step it up now, huh? And he's got f- he's first in power play points, second in assists, second in power play assists, third in goals, third in power play goals. Top three in all those categories. It's ridiculous. So he's uh, the early favorite for MVP? For yes. Is and what we're saying. Probably is going to be for the next 20 years. How many, how many, <laughs> how many points does he get this year? Okay. 130. 130? Yeah. I mean, I think. I don't know what he's on pace for, but. Oh, yeah, fucking lot. 200. He's going to have 50. <laughs> like, he almost had 50 before December. Well, they're talking about Pasta joining the 1550 club. Yeah, fuck, dude, he's not doing that. Uh, you never know. What is, a, what is he at, 24 right 24 in 28 games. Oh. I mean, Obi's right there. What? Oh, yeah. Well, like, he's so not, he got he's, 24 and 28? Yeah. Nah. Dude, uh, he's no, getting Pasta, too close. He's getting too close. Dude, if Pasta gets, like, two hat tricks... I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely possible, but, like... He's got to have a lot of good games. He's got to be scoring pretty much every night. That's what I'm saying. He's got to score just about every night. Yeah. Which, I mean, he kind of does a little, but, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he doesn't score, he'll make up for it with, like, two the next game. Like, he, if he's not on pace now for it, I don't think he's going to get it. Like, you, I, I feel like you can't be talking about that if you're... Like if you still have games at hand, like if he was if he was at like twenty eight goals with twenty six games played or something like that, I'd be like, if he oh, was fuck, if he was if he was if he was ahead of if he, if he was ahead of pace, I should say so. Yes, exactly. Um, at the twenty five game mark, at the halfway game mark, yeah. then you would feel comfortable. But exactly being twenty eight games in and only at twenty four, you're kind of like fucking. You gotta have a couple good games in a row. We have yeah. like two goal nights, five out of six games. Yeah, he's he's gonna have to score like seven or eight goals in like the span of three games. Which I mean, it's, it's possible. We <laughs> just did it. <laughs> I mean, you have a couple empty net uh, hat trick games. Yeah, you're looking pretty good. Um, All right. I mean, it's not out of the question, but I don't think he's gonna. Okay. Do it. Um, rookie of the month. Uh, you can probably guess this too. Makar. Yes. Yeah, he's awesome. He's fucking. He's sick. sick <laughs> I like him that a lot. Guy's not a rookie, man. He's he's playing like a solid veteran. Yeah, uh, it's insane. He's the best defenseman on their team. He's probably like. Besides Nathan, they kind of feel good. Player. They kind of feel good. Uh, I think McKinnon said he's like one of the best players he's played with. Yeah, already. I, and he's second in the NHL in uh, defen- uh, points for a defenseman. Yeah, they don't feel <laughs> as bad uh, moving Tyson Berry now because Makar is just the younger. But did you see what draft he was in? Maybe better. Who? Kale Makar. Uh huh. He was in the draft where. New Jersey and Philly have to be pissed. Oh, they went, yeah, they yeah. went Nico uh, Heiser or Heiser or whatever mm-hmm, his name mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. which I mean he's okay. Yeah, and then Philly went Nolan Patrick. Yep, and then Kale McCarr. Oh, I forget who went three. Maybe Peters, uh, Elias Peterson, and then McCarr. Four. And then Kale McCarr four. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> man, I didn't know all that. That would. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. How bad does that suck yeah. for those two teams? Wow, <laughs> wow. That would suck real bad. Oh uh, yeah, but he had. <laughs> Seven goals, nine Basically assists, not. 16 points in, the, in 14 games in November. 
uh, three game winners in November. So clutch meter on that guy is pretty good. How are you? And dude, he's kind of like McDavid. Like some of like his goals. I don't know if you've been seeing them. Like they're highlight real goals. There was one where he just toe drags the shit out of someone coming across the high slot, just rips it top right. It's like oh my. Just God. seeing him like um open up and like cut through the middle of the ice is fucking absurd too. Just making guys look like dummies. Yeah, he's, he's a slick skater. Yeah, they yeah, yeah they were saying feet, like he's, footwork. He skates like faster backwards than some do forwards. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> like, it's insane. When he just opens up and kind of like just fucking slides through the neutral zone, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's awesome to watch. Yeah. Colorado is just so sick to watch. Burkowski's yeah, fucking firing it up too. Yeah, Burkowski's sick. Like five goals in three games or some bullshit. I mean, I kind of hate Nazem Kadri, but he's actually kind of fun to watch. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Miko Rantanen. Uh huh. I mean, their team this is an awesome team. I would yeah. love to play them in the cup. Landis Gog. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> It'd would. It would be not. a sweet cup, though. It would be a sweet cup, but I don't want to play them because they're they're fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, we would, we would torch better. Groovy. We're obviously better. Yeah, would we torch, torch Groovy? I think we would. Yeah. I think we'll be able to battle them out. Yeah, yeah that's we true. We get the Burkowski would probably light us for like six in the series, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he scores six in a, a couple, seven game series. A couple of overtime game winners. Yeah. Like, like, oh, fuck. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. That would suck. All right. Uh, um, on to some key injuries. Uh, Zach Wierenski, he's out for four weeks. Uh, hit something with the shoulder. I think he just had surgery on his soldier, uh, shoulder. So, big loss for the Columbus Blue Jackets there if they want to stay within the playoff race. I think they're sitting at like They want to stay relevant. Yeah. I think they're sitting at like 500, which, I mean... Doesn't keep you. It's, you're not out of it yet. No. Yet. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's out for eight weeks. Uh, lacerated tendons in his ankle. Ow. Yeah. Fuck that. That hurts. Yeah. Oh. Snip. So yeah, that's a that's kind of a big loss for them. He's one of their better defenders. Um, they're really hurt right now. Pittsburgh's always really hurt. I'm starting to realize. Um, yeah. Crosby and Malkin. But we just won't fucking see him until February. Yeah, Cros- Crosby uh, and Malkin like have only played times. in a game four times. Like, together. them two have played together four, four times, times this year. Yeah. yeah, and speaking of February, that's when they're all going to get healthy again, coming back together. Which is fine. I'd rather play a full-strength Pittsburgh team yep. just because we'll beat the wheels off of them in February. Yep. Because we'll um, play them, like, however many times in, like, two weeks. Yeah, I've like, four. It's, like, three <laughs> times in, like, two weeks yeah. and, like, four times in a month. Yeah. Um... And lastly, Jack Hughes, he's missed his second straight game of the lower body injury. Um, I don't think it's anything serious. I think he'll be he'll be back he'll pretty be soon. But yeah. Um, other monthly related news that I had: um, St. Louis, they had ten wins in November. Uh, that was the third time they've ever done that. Did we see Nathan Walker's goal? No. For St. Louis, it was sick. Was you didn't really? see it? No. Yeah. Did he like smacked it like out of the air? Oh, that's tight. It was, it was like he chopped one in. Nathan Miss Walker tucked one that in. They, Aussie. They tweeted like Aussie, a, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, they tweeted like an Australian thing from yeah. the Blues Twitter account. I was like, oh, fuck, I miss doing that. <laughs> he was a legend. Yeah. Uh, against Pittsburgh, too. Oh, that's I believe funny. it was against Pittsburgh. Nice. I was like, yeah, that guy, uh, he, nice. he probably loved it. Yeah, I was like, nice. He hates Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I know. He fucking tears Pittsburgh up. It's awesome. In that, um, in that playoff series, he did. Yep. 2018. Um, Game six. The Sharks, they got 11 wins. That's the second most ever they've had in a month in their yep. franchise. So that's not bad. Uh, some caps, uh, little stats here that we talked about earlier. OV, his 24th hat trick in his career. Um, that's the most hat tricks uh, from anyone born outside of Canada. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. 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 Um, he's got 13th, or uh, that was his 13th road hat trick, fifth most in NHL history. 
behind Wayne Gretzky, who has 19. Mario Lemieux, who also has 19. Marcel Dion, 17. And Mike Bossy, 14. That's pretty good company. Yeah, not bad. He's been with that company for a while now, though. Yeah, he's been. He's been. Yeah, he's been playing. He's been playing up there for a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just been kind of chilling. Yep. Um, 20 goals for the 15th time in his career in as many seasons. Um, That's only a list of like him, Yager, yeah. and a couple other guys, right? Yep. Uh, not many on that list. 345 road goals, one shy of Marcel Dion for six in history. Um, and yeah, so those those are some. He's sick, getting all roadies this year. Sick more goat stats. <laughs> more goat stats. Hey, he's getting like all roadies this year. Yeah, he's got like 14, I think. 13 of his 20, I think, or maybe 14. Yeah. Yeah. So he's getting it done on the road. Um, more cap stats. Uh, as you said earlier. First team with 100 goals. We have 104. Yep. In 28 games, seventh team to do that since 1994, with uh, 100 rips before December, and second time in team history, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 120 in 1991. 120 goals by December. That'd be nuts. Yeah, but didn't you say 1991? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but still, 120 goals. That's insane. That is why. Um, Miko Koivu. He played in his thousandth game, got his seven hundred points. So stick taps for him. He's nice, you know, nice, he's an old nice. veteran that like yeah, he's loved around the NHL. Yeah, he's just one of them nice fins that fuck with him. can't really yeah you can't really hate on him because yep. he doesn't do anything to like make you hate him. Make you hate him, yeah. Because he doesn't beat you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's good for him. All right, so we're on to um, who's hot or not streaks. Um, before we get into hot or not, uh, a little more news. Sean Avery. Says uh, former Kings coach Mark Crawford kicked him during the game. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Are all these players? I follow, I follow him on Insta. I, did you see the one the other day of him? <laughs> Somebody on a bike got hit, and he was on Instagram video. Dude, oh, I did. I saw he's, what was happening. Dude, but he's I didn't a see he's it. a New York bike cop. Yeah, I know. You haven't seen that shit? Anybody that gets in the bike lane, he'll he'll freak out. Oh yeah, but I know. UPS I, drivers, a guy got hit FedEx. by a car, and the cop was pulling up and getting out of his car, and he goes. On Instagram, he's like, yo, what happened here on Bike Police? Like, I did this. <laughs> the cop was like, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, he, that guy's nuts. And they're hilarious, too. He just uh-huh. he just cusses them out. And the guy, like, half the time they don't even speak English. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying. But he's, he's like, always right, so serious. The look on his face is so serious. And like, get out of the fucking bike lane. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And then they're like, hey, start, buddy. Like, the one. The Where one, am I supposed to go? The one dude the other day, it was fucking. Two guys like bumped into each other or something in two cars, and they were arguing. He was just egging them both on. He's like, "Who's the asshole? Is it him or is it you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting there like, "Where am I supposed to go now? This is the bike lane, you idiot! Not your food truck delivery lane." <laughs> oh, that guy's a, that guy's batshit crazy. He's nuts. All right, uh, what, you, what were we saying about him? Um, oh, he shit. said that former Kings coach Mark Crawford kicked him during a game. Just kicked him? Yeah. Okay. So I guess all these players are just coming out of the woodworks. Yeah, someone kicked me. Why? Okay. What do you mean? It's like he kicked him in the back while he was on the bench? Or yeah. Like, well, have you, you not? Have we not talked about this yet? Did we not talk about this last week about the racist coach up in? Uh, yeah, Calgary? we talked about him. Yeah, we, but what's yeah. He kicking? Yeah, he was saying all that stupid. Yeah, shit. some of the some yeah. of the players came out and said like they've been hitting. He was hitting guys and kicking guys, and now a bunch of NHL players are like, yeah, I got kicked. <laughs> like just fucking kicks in the back, like get going, you idiot. Yeah, yeah like fucking pick it up a I bit. Was like, I was like, is that? I was. That's what I kind of thought the first time I heard. I was like, is that kind of a big? Give him a little unhitch the fucking. I mean, trailer, unless buddy. he's like sitting there like wailing one on you, like you're trying to rip it like Ronaldo, like yeah, like raiding the kidney or something. <laughs> yeah. 
But like, if it's just like a, all right, what the fuck are you doing? Like, well, who cares? Okay, cool. I'm not too sympathetic about Avery's him getting kicked, kicked people on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you? <laughs> Andy, remember? Do you ever see that video, the YouTube video of him slashing Tim Thomas in the head and like uh-huh. acting like it was completely on accident? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my bad, and then Tim Thomas just chases him down, beats the <laughs> wheels off him. <laughs> All right. Fucking Sean. Oh, God. All right. Sorry. Um, yeah. Hot or not? Who's hot? Who's not right now? Philly. Philly Flyers. Not. They're pretty hot. Oh, uh, kind of. I wouldn't say pretty hot. They're kind of hot. They're four, They're on a four-game win streak. They're really good at home. They're really bad on the road, which the Caps are. We beat them at home. Uh, are the opposite. They were home? Yeah, we beat them in Philly. Okay, well, then the, we are one of them. And we beat them in, in the shootout. shootout. They only have like, we beat yeah. them in that shootout. Yeah, they, they only have like three losses at home. So that's one. Fucking see ya, Philly. Yeah, exactly. You see oh, Niskan get popped in the face the other day? I did. Yeah, dude. it looked oh, a little beat up. I, I didn't really know what happened. Dude, dude Philly fans, I uh, get on Philly Twitter a lot. They love him. Yeah, I know. They said they think, fucking love him, dude. They, they like, said that was the best. Week by one week, for one they're trade. like, they're thinking it's like the best trade they've ever done. Yeah, they're like, best one for one trade we've ever done in our lives. They they, they don't even so. care about retaining half a fucking Gudis' salary either. Like, we don't yeah. care if Niskanen's sick. And we're like, hell yeah. yeah. We know. We know. <laughs> yeah. we know. Hell right. Heck, heck, heck yeah, brother. Hell right. Hi yet. Um, Onward. Yeah, uh, the Bruins are on a six-game win streak. They're hot once again. They're just really fucking good. Honestly, we just put a little stumble on the road, and they got going again. Yep, 10-game point streak for them. 7-0-3 in those 10 games. Um, the Wild... Are hot. Yeah, they're pretty hot. They're getting a little hot right now. Nine-game point streak, 6-0-3. They're on a three-game win streak right now. Bingo. So uh, go for the Wild. They're finding themselves yeah. in a wild card uh, chase. Okay. Um, That's why I, I said that earlier uh, before the season started. I said the, the Wild are like – it's not a terrible team. They're just not good either. They just never have any good players. They, they just could, have a lot of – they could definitely play spoiler good, spoiler good alert for something. They, they, got a, great they got a dope coach. Dope coach. Dope coach. Dope coach. Yeah, but he gets rumored to get fired every other week, and then... Dude, he got rumored to get fired the whole time he was in D.C. When he was in Anaheim, <laughs> he's I mean... He's he, a dummy. But he still always finds <laughs> a way to sneak teams, like, into playoff hunt, into playoff yeah, but that's Well, he dominates regular season. Well, with right. the Caps and the exactly. Ducks, he dominated regular season. Yeah, he did. And then Minnesota's Those are never, two very good teams. Minnesota's never really dominated the, the season, but you can't really... Dominate the regular season with the team he has. I mean, Bruce won us like yeah. Bruce won us Winter Classic. Wild fans That's are probably cool. so sad. <laughs> like, thanks. Like you're like the state of uh, state of hockey state or whatever they are. I know. Their NHL f- team is just it's gotta trash. Be, yeah, it's got to be frustrating. Yeah. And their jerseys are trash. State of trash. They, like they might have the worst jerseys trash. in the league besides us. <laughs> Settle down. I mean, do you like our jerseys? I no, like I still. Yeah, exactly. I still think we need to go full time blue. I don't know, man. I think I lo- we should go those alternate reds. I think those should just be our home. Yeah, they should. they should. Yeah, they're sick. Yeah. And the alternate whites. Yeah. Um, back to uh, who's hot or not. Uh, who's not hot right now? There's only one team that's not hot. The Red Wings. The fucking Red Wings. Uh, Seven-game losing streak right now. Nice. Guess what their goal differential is. Minus 52. Wow. 53. Okay, hell yeah. All right, all Is right. Is there a stat where they're, like, really bad when they have an empty net? Because they're terrible. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, minus 53 uh, goal differential this early in the season is not great. That's not good. And, the, like, the next team is, like, minus 19. Oh, okay. The okay, then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. So it's not great. Um, so what's Stevie Y going to do, you know? He's going to turn it to Brown. I mean, the trade Larkin. Re- the, Maybe. They, I mean, I would, honestly. I don't think he's worth it. He's not a franchise guy. No, kind of rebuild, get some draft picks for yeah. him. I don't know if there's any, like, st- is there anyone, like, like studs out there for them to, like, 
Taylor Hall, the whole trade rumors of Taylor Hall are starting to swirl. Oh, tr- yeah, I forgot People about are that. People are starting to and look, Johnny, at, look at it. Johnny Goudreau, too, which a lot of Flyer Philly fans. Philly fans, yeah. I knew that was coming. Yeah. <clears throat> they got to get rid of somebody for him, though. Yeah, uh, they like if they got rid of someone, it would probably be Voracek or uh, Van Riemsdyke. I feel like they'd have to give two pieces for Johnny. Yeah, and and a pick, yeah, and a prospect. He's very good. Yeah, <laughs> they they definitely have to give like two pieces. And for him. young, but could you imagine? He'd probably love Philly too. Dude, him, and, him and Kevin Hayes. Yeah, together. that's what I was gonna say. Him Philly and Kevin would Hayes. love Johnny Hockey. Yeah, and Kevin Hayes would love it too. I mean, they they played together in Boston College. They would actually become a really good team. Yeah, they would be fucking sick. Fuck. I don't. <laughs> I as much as I do. Nah, I don't want that to happen. No, I don't. Well, I kind of do, but I kind of yeah, Nah, yeah. fucking bring it on, dude. We need some competition. Who in the Metro ever beats us? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Not, yeah, but, like, give Carolina. us a good race. Like, Carolina, yeah. We're going to win our fifth straight division title. Like, Oh, yeah. Somebody want to do something? We own the regular season. I mean. Plus, I, like, I want to get a fucking good playoff series with Philly. We haven't played Philly in the playoffs since what? 2016. 16? Is that when it was? Yeah. But we kind of smoked them, even though it was six games. Yeah, I do. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Like, that was a Chimera full ice goal series. Like, yeah. Yeah. Chimera. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking legend. <laughs> remember that joint? Yeah, he dude. just tipped it at center ice and it was like, skip. Yeah, Steve Mason sucked and then Neuvis started for them and just shut the door for two games. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. True. Fucking that's but before, so typical, though. Before that, it wasn't until like 2008 that we played him in a series, I think. Yeah. And yeah. That was like the first time the Cavs made the playoffs in like four That's when Ovi years. got, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Dude, I remember I, I went to like three of those games. Yeah, it's awesome. I went to game one, two, and game seven. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, it was sick. Um, all right, yeah, that does it for who's hot, who's not. Uh, the end of the month, I'm going to do this every month where I'll uh, just do, like, top five and, like, points, goals, and uh, the green jacket and uh, some goalie stats. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, do you guys do the green jacket race to follow Mike Commodore? Yes, I do see that. Yeah, plus like, minus. Yeah, the plus minus. Whoever's the worst minus against the green jacket for the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that guy's shooting 36 under right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that. Really? Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. I think Fred off. Burns is at like the top of the list, isn't he? Uh, we'll get there. We'll, All right, let's hear it. Let's okay. hear it. Um, we'll start off with uh, the points, though. Um Top leaders in points, we've been saying it all year. Ovi. Connor. <laughs> Connor McDavid with 49, Dreisaitl with 48, Marshawn with 43, McKinnon with 42, and Pasternak with 41. Carlson's right there at 37 and 6. Legend. Um, goals. Ovi. Pasta with 24, Ovi with 20, hey, uh, McDavid with 19, Marshawn with 18, McKinnon with 17. Close race. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It is very It's going to push Ovi to get a couple more. Um... To the goalie stats, we got Holpe. Um, wins, yeah. F- the top four are tied with 13. Holpe is one of them. Frederick Anderson, uh, Jordan Bennington, and Connor Hellebuck. Um, okay. Who local legend Casey Thrush played against him. He's on our uh, that fantasy hockey league run. Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. So yeah, he's. So that's good, good for us. Good. Good. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fucking right. Yeah. Uh, Let's go. Go him. So uh, top save percentage. We have quick too. Um, Fuck. Darcy Kemper. Kemper. Kemper's uh, kind of leading all goalie stats right now besides wins. Darcy Kemper's got a 935 save percentage. Hella Buck's right behind him with 933 save percentage. Hella what? Hella Buck. Man. Um, Shit. So, yeah. Uh, Hella Buck's having a hell of a season. That's probably why Winnipeg's doing as well as they are right now. Uh-huh. Like, uh, he got his groove back. Because I remember a couple years ago he was fighting for a Vesna. <clears throat> yeah, he was solid yeah. like two or so years ago. Yeah, and I think he... he 
took a, like a little regression a little la- last year, and uh-huh. he's back at it again this year. Uh, but yeah, Darcy Kemper at 935 save percentage, Hellebuck at 933, Same. and goals against average, Darcy Kemper. Kemper. Leading that, uh, 1.97. Out in Arizona. Less yep. than two goals a game. Hell yeah. Um, the next one is like Halak or someone at like 210. Fucking Halak. Yeah. Caps legend. And like Bennington. Or not Halak, sorry. Two Karaz. Two Caps legend for that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? Uh. Um, and then Green Jacket. All right, you said it was Brent Burns? Yes. No, it's not. Ah. Uh. Andre at Tennessee uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the top three are Detroit Red Wings players. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Score some goals, guys. Um, I mean, you, obviously, you... their goal differential is 52. The guy who's probably leading the league in the green jacket race is probably a, what, dash fucking 36? Uh, minus 29. Okay. Um, I was being a little aggressive there, I guess. Phil, yeah, I was gonna say like, <laughs> thirty-six is a lot. Yeah, my like Ov. I remember Ov led it one year with minus thirty-six. He had the most goals and least. <laughs> least minus. I remember that. I remember everybody was like, "Fuck this guy," and I was like, "That's awesome." He had like fifty-six goals and a minus thirty-six <laughs> rating. People were like, "How the fuck?" He's <laughs> just getting scored on every time he's on the ice. Yeah, and probably scored like forty power play goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, so yeah, at Tennessee you had minus twenty nine, um, and Philpola, his line mate, is at twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> <Minus> twenty three. <laughs> Lineys, baby. <laughs> Lineys. I guess that's how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah one, if one goes down, you're all going down. The whole fucking ship's sinking, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's all I have for uh, NHL stats. Um, those are the the monthly recap. Uh, we'll do that. Bingo, bango, that's, bongo. We'll do that at the end of December. Um, and that'll probably that'll be right around the halfway mark. Yes, yes, it should be. So we'll up. really get a good look of which way Paces. the league is going. Yep, and what we're gonna be looking at. Exactly. Um, and we're off to Bruns Bucks. Bruns Bucks, KP. Bruns Bucks. All right. And okay. All right. So Bruns Bucks. Um, I forgot to do last week. Uh huh. And I totally had picks written down and just didn't fucking do them. So you're telling me people could have been making money over Thanksgiving break? And I don't know. I've been screwed them. I've been losing a lot, so I probably helps a lot of people there. Um, but I had I went four and three like two weeks ago, so uh-huh. I think I put my rec my record on the year at like sixteen and nineteen. Check. So, we'll check stats department. Yeah. Um. So I have for my first pick. I usually do seven, but since we're losing, I'm only doing five. Okay. <laughs> Um, Wednesday, I have the Oilers versus the Senators. In Edmonton? Uh, yes. Okay. Like that? Um, yeah. I mean, who the fuck is going to stop McDavid on the Senators? That's true. Yeah. Like, besides the Brady Kachuk. Or, <laughs> or Dreisaitl. Yeah, I mean, Brady Kachuk is actually having a pretty decent year for the Senators. Senators aren't awful. Actually, yeah, they are. No yeah, problem. they're not as bad just because the Red Wings are that bad. Really, really bad, yeah. Um... Uh, Thursday, I have the Bruins versus the Blackhawks. In Boston? In Boston. The new Blacks look pretty good. The jerseys, they broke them out in that game the other day. Yeah, they're dope, dude. They look sick. I, yeah, I like them a lot. But they yeah. look real clean. Patty, now Patty Kane's about to lay it up that game. Better watch out. I mean, the Bruins are 18-3-5. And, and they're at home that game? And they're at home. So, Some, I like I like the Bruins there. Um, 
Saturday. Uh, that's on Thursday. Saturday, uh, Flyers versus Senators. Um, that's in Philly. Like, uh, they're really, really good at home. I think they've only lost like three times yep. at home. One to the Caps, as we um, mentioned. And that's a day game. It's a one o'clock game. Binger. Um. Uh, and Pens at Red Wings. Red Wings are really bad. But the really injured Pens team. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean. Malkin still tears it up. And, That's true. Yeah. Um, they still have Matt Murray. The Red Wings are that there. bad. Yeah, the Red Wings are just—they're awful. They have minus fifty-two. Goals yeah, that's right true. Or fifty-three. Um, and last pick. I'm only doing five this week since you know sevens haven't been doing since well. Since we're struggling. Um, last pick is uh Monday, Bruins at Senators. So we're just, wow, oh. just hammering the Senators. Hammering yeah. the Senators. The Senators have a tough. They have a tough schedule coming up. So. They do have a tough schedule, but I feel like they got to win one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have Jesus to win Christ, one. Man. If we bet against them three times, or is it twice? Uh, three times. Okay, no, I feel like times. that's kind of dangerous, but I mean, do you see the Senators beating the Bruins? No, but in a three-game span, you never know what's going to happen. Do you see them beating the Flyers? Potentially. One, o- one o'clock game on a Saturday. Potentially. Yeah. Flyers, Flyers are good at like those day games usually. Are either team on a back-to-back? I mean, you got to give me some more info here. Okay. Maybe a snack Who, pack. What, what goalies are playing? I mean, shit. Well, yeah, <laughs> that always depends on goalies, yeah. Outside air temperature that affects the ice. Sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's winter. Pretty so. much anything you can find. All right, so there's five picks. We'll see what we can do with them. Um, any more news notes, this, that's, or those? Not for the NHL-wise. So we're cleaned up. KP, anything to add? Nah, nothing for me. AV, anything to add? Yeah, fantasy football. Okay. I know no one fucking cares, but I fucking hate fantasy football. Yeah, you and KP made playoffs. Yeah, we um, both made playoffs in my team. team league. My team decides to shit the fucking bed yeah, this week. Yeah, top six make. and I mean, Michael Thomas gets 20 points a game and decides to get, get me seven points this week in the is most our, important Is our playoff week. just like one week? Or yeah, one, yeah, one week. One oh, done. I'm, I'm out. All right, I'm going to head out. Yeah. I'm going to head out. Yeah, we're done. Got screwed. Yep. Um, yeah, fuck him. James Winston, who's been like he's been really bad, but he still throws like a lot of touchdowns usually. Mm-hmm. No touchdowns today. Okay. It's like and, sweet. And, and they really won, bad. And they won 25 to 11. Got zero touchdowns. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Peyton Barber, baby. Let it up. Love, what um, The Brown, I had Nick Chubb. The Browns, like, they went up 10 nothing early. I was Didn't like, sweet. They might, they might steamroll them. Didn't Skins fucked the around and won. That sucked. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, sucked they're going to do that. Then they're going to get a shitty draft pick. And yeah, because we're going to beat the Giants, too. And, and we're, like, we're going to get, like, the seventh pick or eighth pick in the draft. I'm like, well, we got nobody good. And in my other league. Jake from. I had to win to get in and fucking had OBJ and he fucking sucks. That guy he's only scored touchdowns in two games this year. Yeah. He's terrible. He got me four points today. And then I had Julio who just didn't play. Julio? Decides to be hurt the one fucking week that I need him. Um oh well, we, our right. triple B board isn't uh <laughs> posted. Um OBJ's a triple triple B. There it is. Um so that'll do it. Episode thirty, uh jam packed. We'll we'll uh, see you guys next week. We are out of here. Have a good one, guys. Be safe. Peace out, boys.